Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Years ago, H.G. Wells visualized roads such as these in his science fiction fantasies. And today they're a reality. You're listening to the Afternoon Commute with John Adams and Chris Kendall. Welcome to the Afternoon Commute with Chris Kendall and John Adams. Today is July 16th, 2015. And we have a guest with us, as we usually do, but if you want to check out past uh afternoon commute calls you can go to hoaxbusterscall.com and you can see a whole bunch of stuff you can see some articles that chris has posted up there and some of uh, chris's solo calls uh like one of his most recent ones where he called the police department in charleston south carolina and asked them about drills that were going on at the time of the alleged church shooting out there um, so, uh, whatever your perspective is on that particular shooting, uh, you will definitely find it interesting. Uh, our guest today, uh, before I introduce him, I just want to say something real quick. Um, I email a lot of people to uh, come on and talk to us, and there's a lot of people who don't respond to that, and... Um, well, just recently we had a guy who said he was going to come on, but then he emailed back this week and said, I'm not going to come on because I disagree with some of the things that you guys talk about. And that's why I have so much respect for our guests, who I'll introduce in a moment, because he's a real stand-up dude, and um, I don't know him personally, and I've never talked to him outside of uh, the call that we have. And I don't know what he had for breakfast or where he's going to go vacation in the Hamptons in August. But um, he, but I have a lot of respect for him because if you listen to the last call, he has been on with us once before. Um, uh, when, when him and Chris were having a discussion, they tended to disagree on uh, some particular issues. And I want to commend both of them for possibly giving one of the best disagreement in a, in a discussion I've ever heard. Um, you guys were respectful to each other. You guys were nice. You didn't engage in ad hominem attack. You didn't call each other's names and start dissing each other's moms. It was really nice and really interesting to hear a discussion with a disagreement without anybody uh, getting all upset and hot under the collar. And so we welcome Pierce Redmond of Porkins Policy Review back onto the afternoon commute and uh, Pierce actually emailed me like about a week and a half ago saying that he wanted to come back on and I was I was uh, really thankful for that because not only did he have a disagreement with us but he still wanted to come back on and talk to us afterwards and that is a very rare thing 
And um, he does a podcast that I personally recommend called uh, CIA in Hollywood. He does it with another gentleman named Tom Secker, who I also disagree with, but <laughs> on certain issues. On certain issues. But, um, but yeah, Pierce, thanks for coming back on. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you uh, both, John and Chris, for for having me back on. And uh, and yeah. let me just let me just say. Um, that uh, I, I really appreciate what both of you guys do. And uh, I know that a lot of my listeners were really enjoyed um, our, our last conversation. And, in fact, Tom Secker uh, loved it. He thought it was amazing. And, uh, and he really liked uh, – he, he likes both of you guys. And we were uh, saying a few weeks ago just that, uh, you know, your show is just like a great – this sort of like classic, really fun kind of uh, conspiracy – radio show where you can just sort of talk about all sorts of different issues and uh and i just really commend you guys that you um you know like you said we, we may not agree with uh everything that we both you know have to say but uh i think you guys also take a real a real firm stand on some of the 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 outright crap and and racism and, and all the, the craziness that goes on in so much of the the alt media so my hat's off to you guys as well and uh it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys yeah, yeah i appreciate absolutely, you being absolutely. here man yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, not too many people. Well, I mean, I, I wish there was more just kind of uh, amicable stu- discussions out there where it's kind of well, you can talk about anything mm-hmm. and uh, not 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 get into kind of because um, I think we're in when it gets into kind of an arena where there's this particular. Uh, uh, inclination to get kind of dogmatic about things, and um, I I try to steer away from that as, as best I can. I, I got some pretty strong, uh, you know, uh, convictions about particular uh, points, but um, yeah, it, it is not. Uh, it doesn't really serve any kind of discussion to get to take a position of uh, being real dogmatic about certain things and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I appreciate that you, you know you 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 take the same uh, sort of approach it seems so. And, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I think that's the uh, it, with with all this stuff that goes on, all the stuff you hear, and then you know the uh, just tons of information, of course, out there on the internet, and then you know trying to sort through it all and trying to make sense of it, it. it 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 doesn't seem to me to to lend itself to any kind of like really um uh i i, I i'm afraid i'm going to kind of <laughs> misstate this but it, 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 you know well i just say you know like i said before dogma where it's kind of like where you take a position and and you really just uh you know if, if someone's going to do that and be really um uh, adamant about uh, a particular point when there's so much of this information though that is um, um, it, it's got to be taken under under advisement you know it's it's got to be it's got to be really thought through and really uh, um, you know a lot of things should be open I think for consideration you know yeah and that's what's that's what's cool too is about what i mean what we do here you know if anybody's listening to this and you never uh heard our podcast before or you've never uh heard something that pierce does um i don't mind providing a platform for someone to come on here and disagree with us Mm -hmm. i actually welcome i actually welcome it i've actually emailed people that i disagree with and asked them if they want to come on and talk to us about 
disagreeing, and it's not going to be me and Chris versus that person. <laughs> it's, it's just like, hey, come on and say what you got to say, and then we'll say what we got to say, and that's, that's it. And that's that's what's pretty cool. But speaking of being dogmatic, <laughs> um, we're going to actually uh, get into Scientology and some cults. And uh, Pierce, I first heard him talk about Scientology on another great podcast, uh, Aaron Franz's uh, Trans Resistor Radio. And I'm putting a little plug out for Aaron there, uh, theageoftransition.com and themes and memes. He, he does a lot of great work over there. I enjoy his podcast. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, I first heard you on that, and it seems like you know a little bit about Scientology. That's probably because you are actually Elvon Hubbard in stage makeup with a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the pennies <laughs> dropped. Uh. <laughs> but... But no, seriously, uh, tell us, uh, get us started on this uh, Scientology cult discussion, my friend. Sure, yeah. I, I've uh, I've actually always been uh, really fascinated by Scientology, and uh, my uh, fascination with Scientology actually predates most of my you know podcast work and the the um, you know my sort of uh, quote unquote awakening moment or whatever you want to however you want to frame that. I was into uh, Scientology, or at least into exploring it, uh, you know, as far back as uh, high school for me, that was always a big thing. I was always super interested in uh, in Scientology and, and the workings of it. And uh, it, it's one of those just sort of, it's like a cult that kind of like just breaks all the boundaries and the lines. And I think that's what sort of interested me uh, so much with Scientology is that it, it a it's you know it's it's all over Hollywood. Uh, we've got lots of uh, you know big name celebrities, people that we you know uh, admire and look up to, and we we watch their movies and whatnot. And at the same time, they're they're going around promoting uh, a really dangerous and a, a quite destructive cult. And uh, and also, I think it, uh, it it is also a really powerful or influential cult in the sense that it gets away with so much stuff because of the the, uh, the partly because of the celebrity connection, partly because of uh, popular culture, and uh, people don't understand quite how destructive this cult really is. And uh, and, and thankfully, uh, things like um, the the recent film Going Clear, as well as the book uh, Going Clear. Uh, have actually opened up a lot of people's minds to how destructive Scientology really is, and how it's it's destroying families and and people, and uh, it's a and it, it is quite a threat, I think, actually, in a lot of ways, um, to a variety of different issues. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just fascinated by it. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard um, is a, a really fascinating character, and uh, and and there's just uh, so much out there. And the other the other main thing uh, why I'm so fascinating with Scientology is that there's uh, not as much alternative research uh, or really any research done into Scientology uh, that's out there. There's, you know, there, obviously there, there's some good stuff and there's, there's quite a lot. Let me, let me just state, you know, right now, I'm not an expert on Scientology, um, but, I, you know, I, I have looked into it quite a bit, but there's a lot of great uh, books out there um, by former Scientologists, particularly. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of Barney Lerner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of and yeah. just uh, I mean a, a plethora of people uh, speaking out right now. But uh, there's not a lot uh, of a good alternative research into the the sort of roots of Scientology, the people that Hubbard was uh, floating around with. Um, and it's a very base sort of level. You know, a lot of people point to one or two statements here and there. Uh, and they, oh, yeah, that, that's just a MK Ultra experiment, blah, blah, blah. But they don't really go into the, the complexities, and they don't really get deep into it. And, uh, and hopefully uh, today we, we can get into some of those stuff, because um, I've picked out uh, over the past couple of uh, you know months a couple major uh, events or um, people connected with Scientology that have uh, connections into the CIA and, and into the sort of deep state. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Why don't we get? Why don't we uh, rocket off into that? Um, Jack Parsons, JPL, mm -hmm. um, the uh, Order Templi Orientis, uh, mm -hmm. L. Ron Hubbard's buddy. They're having rich sex magic rituals to create a moon child, uh, allegedly. Um, they've got, uh, what was what was that thing called? The Agape uh, Fellowship? Mm -hmm. Or the, Aga the Agape Church? Which, Agape has something to do with Christianity as well, but um, um, so they have that lodge, the Agape Lodge, that's what it was. They've got pictures of Alistair Crowley everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, this, you know, I, I was listening to an interview with Arnie Lerner of couple of weeks ago and then I was just listening to a portion of it again today so I could refresh myself and he was talking about something very interesting and a lot of this has to do with military you know uh, Hubbard has a like naval intelligence connection as well and and so you've got these guys who are all involved with uh, rocketry and uh, the space program um, which uh, which is a perfect place to uh to kind of uh hone your skills of being a con man mm. <laughs> and um and so yeah uh, i was just talking to chris early, earlier about this but i i tend to go with you know with a, with a lot of these things you know uh, they say that the process church comes out of scientology mm -hmm. um you see a lot and, and so like take, take for instance just uh, just another thing you've got a uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons splitting off, and you know you get the uh, OTO, and then the Splinter Group is the Scientology, and it's the, kind of the same deal with uh, Satanism, where you've got Michael Aquino splintering off from Anton LaVey, mm -hmm. and they've got these kind of wrestling-esque, these uh, you know WWF-esque storylines where it's like, oh, we got in a fight, so now we're splintering off. But I, I think they purposely splinter off into all these different directions so they've got all of these um, kind of different experiments going on and um, you know uh, another guy who's connected to Scientology as well as the Esalen Institute is Charles Manson yes and uh, I was <laughs> it's funny I, I've never heard this before until I heard that Arnie Lerner interview and he was saying that they actually found an e-meter out of the Spawn Ranch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah, Manson uh, started as a Scientologist and took a lot of auditing, and then um, allegedly was was actually more of uh, became like a full fledged member of the Process Church, which, as you said, was a splinter group from Scientology, um, but you know, is basically 
you know, followed a lot of the same sort of Scientology practices. But uh, yeah, no, no, M- Manson was was all up in in Scientology. Yeah, you're, you're correct. I think with the the e meter being found, uh, supposedly too, um, when Manson was first in prison after the the tape murders and and that whole um, event, uh, the Process Church a bunch of elders or you know, uh, higher ups in the Process Church visited Manson and told him to keep his mouth shut about the Process Church and to not mention it, to not have that be a part of the court case. That this was, you know, they didn't want to have anything, any sort of association between the two. So they were certainly. That's, that's in that book, uh, The Family by Ed Sanders, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, just on another note, real quick, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just want to. Do you know who Manson's first prison. Uh, cellmate was way back in no. it, this is kind of weird it was Alvin Karpis right mm. and he was part of the Ma Barker gang ah right um, the, you know John Dillinger and all that sure sure yeah so that's who his first cellmate was <laughs> Just, just a little yeah. weird side I'd love to be a, uh, a fly on the wall for that, uh, for what their conversations are like. Um, yeah. But uh, you were saying before, John, I mean, Jack Parsons, that's um, definitely, I think, one of the starting points for looking into into Hubbard's uh, possible intelligence background. Um, so, you know, you also mentioned the, the naval intelligence. He was a part of naval intelligence. His actual military record is um, something that has been sort of argued back and forth between researchers and the Church of Scientology itself. Um, for m- the, now, the Church of Scientology has produced a, a fake record of his uh, military service, um, and that's been... You know, confirmed as being fake by the um, the I forget exactly what state it is in, but there is like a naval you know institute that that collects all this sort of data, and you, and it's a place for researchers to go. The the guys who run that have, have you know 100% disputed the Scientology record. But yeah, Hubbard was in uh, the Navy. He was in naval intelligence to some degree. Um, uh, he's famous uh, for you know for lying about being injured. Um, he never actually saw combat. He, he was not overseas during World War II. He was stationed um, mostly on the West Coast, um, but also uh, down around near Mexico. Um, there's a famous incident some people might know of where uh, Hubbard was, uh, got in quite a bit of trouble for dropping uh, depth charges off the coast of Washington, I believe it was, um, believing that there were uh, Nazi U-boats or Japanese subs, something like that down there. Uh, turned out that there was nothing down there. He was getting, he was picking up signals from uh, rocks that had some sort of magnetism in them. And that later was, was spun um, from, oh, look at the great war hero protecting us from the, uh, the Japanese submarines into some sort of alien craft that was down there and that this was the sort of, you know, beginning of, of Hubbard uh, looking, uh, you know, into Xenu and the sort of, uh, you know, intergalactic confederacy uh, and, and the evil doings that was going on there. But, yeah, I think the Jack Parsons stuff is, is really fascinating. Parsons, of course, founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. As you mentioned, he was in an acolyte of Aleister Crowley. They performed uh, numerous sex magic rituals, the two of them. Um, and, and also really interesting is um, 
some of the people uh, sort of around Parsons that were involved in some of this, and, and I think the most uh, fascinating character is a woman called Marjorie Cameron, who um, I think your, your listeners might be somewhat familiar with her as well. She was uh, also um, a sort of follower of Crowley. She was part. She was married to, to Parsons and uh, may have, in fact, been Parsons' handler. She um, was, during World War II, was actually um, something of a spy. She also worked for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. She was the only woman uh, working for them as a, at the time as a cartographer. Uh, and her career later, um, she was uh, popularized by Kenneth Anger, obviously a big Crowley uh, aficionado. Um, but yeah, she had a she was a, quite interesting. As I said, JCS. Um, she might have been used as some sort of honeypot type spy um, with a bunch of different people. She sort of floated around um, the, the same circles as uh, some other interesting people. She was posted at one point at St. Elizabeth's Psychiatric Hospital, uh, where a bunch of MK Ultra experiments were going on uh, under the OSS at the, when uh, Cameron was there, and then later uh, by the CIA. So really, really weird. And, and that's sort of the thing with a lot of uh, Hubbard, the, the sort of you know, you can kind of separate the two maybe, I, you know, I, I tend to view that Hubbard um, it wasn't like he got into naval intelligence and, you know, OSS and CIA sort of picked him and they were like, oh great, why don't you go f you know, found this massive cult but he was certainly friends and uh, operated in a lot of the same circles as some pretty influential intelligence assets at least. Obviously, Alistair Crowley has got his whole own you know, uh, MI6, MI5 file, uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure they, they were using him. Certainly there were intelligence people that were into the, the OTO. But, yeah, Marjorie Cameron is a, a really interesting uh, character, and she uh, basically used Parsons to a, a great degree. And, uh, you know, she was uh, she at one point tried to get Parsons and her to, to flee to Israel where they were going to help them build missiles. And that never really took out, you know, took form. Uh, but, yeah, she knew Hubbard very well. She was uh, part of these sex magic rituals, uh, along with Parsons, other girlfriend who later married Hubbard, uh, Sarah Northrup. Um, she started off as uh, Parsons girlfriend, but uh, they were very much into the sort of free love buffet. And uh, later, Hubbard sort of stole her away and, and married her while he was still married to his first wife, Margaret Grubb. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, and, and that's just sort of the beginning. You know, this is, we're talking right now the sort of 40s or into the early 50s, but these are the kind of circles that Hubbard is floating around. So certainly there were people that knew of Hubbard. Uh, they knew that he was friends with Parsons. I mean, furthermore, I think you can just sort of look on the face value and wonder why the military was letting uh, this occultist, run sex magic rituals in L.A. with, uh, you know, Hubbard and all these women, while at the same time they were entrusting him with military secrets. Jack Parsons had pretty high-level military clearance. Uh, you know, he was working on rockets and all sorts of things like that. So you kind of have to wonder uh, at what point do the, you know, do the higher-ups in government either turn a blind eye or are totally into this, that they want someone, uh, you know, an occultist, uh, to be a part of, of this sort of missile program or something. So, you know, very interesting. And again, I, I mentioned St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Um, supposedly, and again, this is a lot of Hubbard's early um, 
you know, academic records, like when he, you know, he, he claims to have, you know, had all these degrees in college. It seems like he never really finished college, that he sort of took classes and, you know, sort of meandered around there. Uh, but at one point when he was in the University of Washington, he uh, actually worked uh, with a very interesting doctor. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Allison or I can't remember off the top of my head. Doc White is his last name. Um, I'll try and find that. Uh, but he uh, also worked on MKUltra. So again, we have Hubbard uh, working uh, with a, a doctor on sort of, you know, all sorts of weird uh, psychoanalytics. And again, Scientology for all of its, uh, oh, we, we hate psychology and all these things. That's a lot of what Hubbard was basing Dianetics and these practices of Scientology were uh, based around, you know, Freud and, and things of, of that nature. So really interesting the kind of people that Hubbard was surrounding himself. Um, William Allison White, that's his name. Uh, William Allison White also worked at St. Elizabeth's Hospital and was running uh, some sort of MKUltra program, and Hubbard supposedly studied with him and uh, even, you know, um, appointed to White as one of his uh, mentors. So again, yeah, uh, Hubbard's, Hubbard's sort of friends are, are very interesting. And then, of course, when Scientology, you know, in the 50s and, uh, you know, then the 60s and 70s, when Scientology becomes this huge movement, uh, we then, then again, we see the CIA taking a much more direct role in certain uh, practices and, and using some very uh, prominent high-level Scientologists for some of their operations. Um, so yeah, we can we can get into that as well. But uh, yeah, Parsons is is definitely. I mean, in and of itself, he's just a fascinating character. I I definitely suggest everyone go out and look him up, and also really look up uh, Marjorie Cameron. Um, she's uh, in many ways is, is maybe more important than Parsons, but doesn't get nearly as much uh, play in the, in the alternative media or in, re in the research community. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll say something real quick, and I'll turn it over to Chris. Um, it's interesting how when you go to Los Angeles, and you know you got a Church of Scientology where it's actually situated on uh, Sunset Boulevard. Directly across the street from there is also the Self-Realization Fellowship, mm. right? Which is, which turns out was another CIA front, <laughs> and um, and you've got all sorts of cults all over Los Angeles, really starting around the same time as uh, Scientology becoming prominent, it's like you know 1950s on into mm. the you know hippie hippie 60s. Um, yeah, I can't remember that restaurant that used to be run by a cult out there too. It was in uh, Annie Hall with a Woody Allen mm. movie. Um, uh, it's slipping, it's slipping my mind right now. But there was a restaurant run by a cult. It was like this dude, this guy who um, who had like thirteen wives, <laughs> and uh, they all ran this restaurant there. I'm, I'm trying to remember. It was pretty famous too. I, I can't remember, but yeah, it, it was just a, it was just a, a breeding ground for cults back then. Probably still is. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in, Chris. Uh, what do you got to say about uh, what Pierce brought up? Oh, I, I was just when I kind of got off on a tangent when he um, mentioned something earlier. Uh, you guys were talking about. Jack Parsons and his relationship with Hubbard and it brought to memory something I'd read about where um, one of the things they, they were trying to do is they were trying to 
they were trying in part of these rituals was trying to um, invoke or create the uh, I don't know how to say this homunculus. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, and that has a lot of um, kind of correlations to artificial intelligence. And because um, the, the the creation of the homunculus is it's um, you know from what I understand it, it, some stuff on it you read up on it is uh, um, it's a representation of a small human being. It's like trying to create a it's trying to create an artificial human mm. through these rituals. And uh, I just I was just wondering if you ran across anything as far as Scientology's relationship to um, the creation of artificial intelligence or anything like that. Yeah, I um there are definitely some interesting characters that pop up in 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 Silicon Valley that are Scientologists and I'm trying to remember who the yeah, Earthlink what, guy one Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. The 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 founder of Earthlink is, is still a Scientologist. Um and, and certainly there's some some weird crossover uh between Scientology and and the transhumanist movement, which obviously loves artificial intelligence. Um, obviously, Scientology, you know, uh, is based around occult practices, and pretty much the whole transhumanist movement, at least the people at the very top uh, controlling it, are occultists or, or uh, practice some sort of uh, a form of uh, occultism. So there's definitely some overlap. But yeah, the guy from Earthlink, he's, you know, has never <laughs> denounced Scientology or anything like that. Uh and I can only imagine that uh you know, other others other people in, in, in Silicon Valley that uh that fall under the, the general sort of uh you know, Scientology banner. Um you know, certainly there's a lot of people associating with Earthlink that don't care that the founder is uh in a cult. Uh, that you know destroys people's families, kills people, um, you know ostracizes individuals, hounds people, you know till the end of time. So that's uh, yeah. You know what I just remembered? Another interesting Scientology thing, um, and I'm going off of memory here. Uh, but I was just thinking about it because I remember telling Chris a while back that that like the guy, this guy was from Lot, Oklahoma. There was a um, there was like an artist and his wife from New York City, and somehow they they got into Scientology. Do you do you recall this, Pierce? What I'm talking about? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm trying to think right now. It's a Jeremy something, and mm. him and his wife got in, somehow became affiliated with Scientology, and allegedly, I, I say allegedly, uh, they were killed, uh, yeah. yeah, that rings a bell, I think I, I think I, I think I ran across that before, I don't know the details about it, it's been a long, been a while back. Oh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, strange, you know, "Quote unquote suicides," uh, you know, revolving around prominent Scientologists right. blown right. You know, from the that, church. That's what, right, that's why I was bringing it up because there's yeah. a lot of weird, weird stuff about that. And here, here's just an interesting personal story. Um, a guy, a guy I used to rent a house from in Los Angeles, 
the first time I went over to his house uh, to talk about renting the property, uh, I saw he had like the he had like the the books, like the Scientology books at his house. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they look like these, they look like Bibles, like, uh, <laughs> like, like ancient Bibles, right? Mm. They're all, they're all big with like the gold trim around them and everything. Sure. And so I, yeah, and so I asked him, I'm all, oh, are you uh, into Scientology? And he's all, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, did you at one, were you at one time? So I'd prefer not to talk about that. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's a little personal thing there. He really didn't want to talk about the fact that he was not involved with Scientology anymore. So. Mm. Well, I mean, they—they they really. I, I don't think people quite understand uh, the lengths to which uh, they will go, even after people like that. Just some regular person who uh, breaks away from the church, uh, they will make your life a living hell. Uh, to the point where you, you would you know you would not want to admit uh, whether you were part of the the, the, the Church of Scientology or not. Um, the the sort of uh, the the um, you know right now David Miscavige is the uh, head of Scientology. He's the the chairman of the board um, is what they call him. Uh, but uh, it, he was not the first choice of Hubbard's. Um, technically speaking, Hubbard um, wanted Pat and Annie Breuker who were uh, high-level Scientologists. Hubbard, on his deathbed, um, created this new rank called Loyal Officers of the Galactic Confederation, and he made Pat and Annie Breuker uh, the only members of that, so essentially making them be the heads of this. Now, Hubbard dies, right, and basically um, Miscavige, uh, you know... This is this is his moment. This is his play to to become head of the cult, and he basically he kidnaps uh, both uh, Pat and Annie Breaker. He separates them. He beats the crap out of them. Supposedly, he does all of this. You know, all these different things. Um, he uh, uh, Pat uh, Breaker stupidly uh, mentioned that oh Hubbard had these these extra documents about a higher Thetan, a higher OT level. Uh, operating Thetan level, and uh, Miscavige was, you know, flipping out, was like, where are they, where are they, and then eventually uh, Pat Breuker supposedly broke down and was like, they don't exist, and then Miscavige basically told him to get out, to leave, never come back, uh, and he was so terrified that he did, um, and uh, allegedly, according to um, uh, some some Scientology private private investigators, uh, that have since come forward, they tailed and monitored uh, Pat Breuker for decades afterwards. Um, I believe he was in England, and they uh, they followed him around for years, just keeping tabs on him, seeing what he was doing, who he associated with. And this was a guy who was not going to speak. I mean, he was too terrified uh, to say anything. But they wanted to make sure that he, you know, didn't come into any contact with somebody that could uh, could damage the church or could damage Miscavige. So, yeah, I mean, they, they will go to extreme lengths for just about anybody, which, again, I mean, just shows that they're not, uh, you know, <laughs> they're a cult. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's name was Jeremy Blake, and his wife's name was Teresa Duncan. Hmm. And they were like some New York socialites. That, uh, there was a there was a Vanity Fair article about that years ago. It was called "The Golden Suicides." Okay. So. 
And that guy was from Lawton, Oklahoma, Chris. <laughs> oh, is that right? Did you, did you know him? <laughs> uh, no. I, it, what was the guy's name again? Jeremy Blake. Jeremy Blake. Yeah, I think I did run across that sometime. It was it's, it was a while back, and uh, yeah, uh, something came they, up. They had even, else I was looking at. Yeah, they had even um, this little funny little tidbit of it. They had even contacted Alex Jones to try to tell their story. Apparently, but this was in Vanity Fair. I remember this. That's why I remember uh, hearing about it. And they had contacted. There, there's that other dude who's from New York. Um, uh, he he wrote that martial law article years ago. His name's Frank something. He's like a pastor or Frank Esposito is that? Anyway, never mind. But um, but yes, uh, weird weird stuff going on there. Um, uh, so so Pierce, what do you know about? Um, isn't there something uh, weird with like L. Ron Hubbard's uh, daughter? Um, daughter. I'm trying to think of. Um, I mean, there's. I, his... thought, I thought she. I thought she was some part of the church. Like she had some position there. I can't. Remember. Oh yeah, all of his children did. I'm trying to think. His uh, his uh, his first son, uh, whose name, of course, now uh, embarrassingly I, is escaping me. Um, Oh, what was it like, Migs or something like that? Nibs, Nibs, uh, that was his nickname. Um, he he had a, I mean, to say strained relationship with his father is probably an understatement. But um, uh, he um, Hubbard at one point, um, sort of before he formalized, I believe it was Dianetics. Um, he kind of fell off the map for a little while. Um, and he, all that we really know um, for sure are some of these letters that he sent to Robert Heinlein, who's a very famous science fiction writer um, who people may, may or may not know loved uh, Hubbard and thought Scientology was the bee's knees. Um, but who lived in Laurel Canyon? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a huge figure. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the whole, I mean, much of the, the sci-fi movement uh, took place in and around Laurel Canyon and in, in L.A., yeah. so there you yeah, go. That's right. But um, some of these, uh, Hubbard was somewhere, I, somewhere, I think, in Georgia uh, studying psychiatry and, and psychology and all these sort of different things, and he was uh, first working on this idea of auditing and uh, particularly auditing engrams, which Hubbard... Uh, it's called engrams were these sort of negative emotions or negative ideas that were imp uh, imprinted on people sometimes before they were even born and much of uh, what Scientology is about is using auditing to get these engrams out of your body uh, you know the engrams are evil and this is where um, evil you know or, or, or negative behavior comes from so if you drink too much if you um, you know, cheat on your wife if you're gay, um, anything, basically, under the sun that Hubbard didn't like. Um, 
you know, these were engrams and you had to audit them. And he uh, was, in some of these letters with Heinlein, he was talking about how auditing engrams worked very well on children. Uh, and there's even, uh, Hubbard was very into hypnotism. Uh, when he first came to L.A. before Dianetics, before Scientology, when he was just a science fiction writer, uh, he was very famous um, in a lot of science fiction circles that he um, traveled in for hypnotizing people. Um, and he was quite good at it. And there's a lot of evidence to uh, point to the auditing process that is now practiced even today is uh, using a form of hypnotism on people. And basically through this intense auditing, say you're, you're going through hours and hours of auditing, uh, Hubbard was very, you know, it was very easy for him to hypnot not only to hypnotize people, but to imprint his own ideas onto their psyche, onto their mind, and then claim that these were engrams. So, you know, a lot of times he would bring you know, people back, you know, back a couple years. Okay, now you're a little kid. Okay, now you're a baby. Now you're an embryo. Uh, now, even before that, now this is the moment of your conception. Um, and basically claim that something horrible had happened during that time. He was very obsessed with the moment of conception that, you know, the sex was violent, let's say, that therefore this engram was imprinted on you. Hubbard was obsessed with the uh, the notion of, like, botched abortions. He claimed that he was the product of, uh, of a failed abortion. Uh, Nibs, his first son, claimed that uh, Hubbard tried to abort him when he was, uh, you know, a, a fetus or whatever. Uh, of course, Hubbard had no problem forcing uh, several of his wives to have abortions and it's you know it's it's become uh, more more known now in the public that Scientology openly practices forced abortions um if you're in Sea Org which is a sort of upper echelon the clergy of Scientology and you get pregnant a lot of the time they will tell you to go get an abortion or that you're kicked out of the group but um back to back to his family he experimented quite a bit on his son Nibs and there's a famous uh incident where he was feeding his son. I don't know how old he is, but he was, you know, maybe like 12 or, or 13 at the at the very oldest, feeding him massive amounts of amphetamines uh, and then taking him through these past life regressions. So he was bringing him back further and further. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, it's his other, his alter egos and other lives. And famously, he brought Nibs all the way back in this speed-induced coma, basically, all the way back to... Uh, when Nibs was a clam during the like Paleolithic era, um, <laughs> and this is a this is a, a big thing. And there's you know there's like a really uh, pretty good um, Scientology or, or you know anti Scientology website called Operation Clambake. Uh, you'll you'll see a lot of um, people uh, critics of Scientology will will talk about that. But that's a big thing going back to this state of the clam, uh, and this was sort of when. Hubbard was really starting to kind of get in, you know, formulating Dianetics and what would eventually become Scientology. But um, there's a lot of imagery with clams and things like that. But uh, that's the famous moment that he did on his son. I mean, he really uh, didn't didn't care very much for his children. Um, he didn't really care for very much of anybody except for himself, um, you know. And, and, and in many ways... Um, you know, uh, you, you you can sort of feel bad for Hubbard. I think he was certainly a troubled individual, and uh, and a lot of what he was trying to do with Scientology was to sort of figure out what was wrong with himself. Um, and unfortunately, I mean that you know uh, resulted in him creating this very powerful, very destructive cult. 
but uh, yeah, a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, he he did other weird stuff with his children as well. But uh, that that incident with Nibs, that's a very famous one. And this was one of those moments that sort of separated, you know, the boys from the men. And uh, you know, sir, this is when people started to sort of uh, either uh, fade away from Hubbard or get really interested into what he was talking about. Um, but yeah, he did this on his, you know, like twelve year old son. Wow. Yeah, like um, you know that that kind of. It gets me thinking about okay these cults you know this this particular uh, organization and what you know what well we know that it has ties to you know intelligence agencies we know that it, it is something that uh, you know the government uh, as we you know what we know is what's called the government is, is sort of you know ha- has um, it, you know a uh, a a role in the existence of Scientology, no yeah. doubt. I think, and you know, you gotta. I think you gotta ask yourself, okay, okay, what, what is this as far as, um, what, how does it serve the overall system that we live in as far as, um, you know, the existence of this bizarre cult and how. You know, just based on what you just got through saying, uh, you know, he would Hubbard was interested in experimentation to the point where he would just, you know, go ahead and do whatever kind of <laughs> experimentation on his own son. Ooh. And and um, I was thinking about okay, you got the you got this group of people that sort of are, are distinguished from you know the general population in that they will um, endure a lot more like ex- sort of extreme in- intrusion upon them their own psyche and their own you know their bodies and their minds and everything that maybe the average person wouldn't be willing to participate in and and it, it just it just dawned on me how how um important that would be as far as doing some like deep psychological research when you're trying to like um unravel some of the greater complexities of the human mind and then you know it, it, it kind of brought the question up of like how, you know how what are the further connections between um, you know Hubbard and the things he was doing and the Scientology cult and everything and, and then the development of artificial intelligence which seems like there was some at least sort of um, kind of loose connection there I guess maybe I, I could be stretching a little too far with the whole uh, homunculus thing and the and the, and the interest in that with uh, mm. Jack Parsons but I I I wonder about that okay what like what what is the uh, purposes of the existence of this thing this this cult and and how could it be used to um, um, you know further some sort of greater long-term agenda as far as where culture in general will eventually go you see what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, John. Can I, can I say something real quick uh, on that note? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was thinking earlier when you, when you brought that up, Chris, when you uh, brought up the uh, homun- homunculus, uh, that a lot of times with these guys, you know, like with the se- you know with the sex magic and the moon child and all that type of stuff and talking about the hum- homunculus or the... Uh, Something like a golem, right? Um, it's alchemy. It's like a it's one yeah, of the but, it, of alchemy. but it doesn't. 
Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily even have to be something that that uh, human. You know, like like a toying with genetics or anything like that, or you know, uh, sex magic ritual. It, it could be it could be just the occult practice of creating technology. Which we we know that a lot of technologists are into the occult. A lot of the you know scientists and uh, you know tech people are into the occult, and so. Mm-hmm. That makes that that's not too far fetched for me to to think that a lot of these guys who are into tech, as, as they like to call it, um, would be into the cult and into the idea of manifesting into reality through technology a new human, and that is some sort of occult practice. Well, you guys are familiar with John D, right? The advisor mm-hmm. to yeah. Queen Elizabeth and Absolutely. all that, and uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that was his whole thing. Is that uh, he he claimed to be in communication with he, he called angels, <laughs> and that was his whole thing. Where he he, he was um, getting information, you know, transdimensionally through these uh, what he called angels, and uh, through various like these different incantations and all this other stuff. And yeah, of course, you know that's what that's a lot what it sounds like with these with these people, like you know. Jack Parsons and Elrod Hubbard, and they're doing this really bizarre ritual stuff. And um, like, yeah, what is what is the purpose of all this? And then, you know, we'll hear about something like uh, artificial intelligence, and then you know, we we uh, contextualize it within you know our modern day uh, existence stuff we take for granted, like you know, cell phones, computers, and stuff like that that are familiar to us in the modern day, but. Um, you look at this uh, uh, stuff with the occult and alchemy and, and stuff like that. What their what their goals were and stuff like that. It is, it, it, yeah, it's hard to dismiss the the connections between those things and and you know like uh, there's that that saying that uh, that quote that any any uh, significantly advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic. Yes, Arthur C. Clarke, right? That was Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, I think it's also you can just look. I mean, uh, you're just talking about Queen Elizabeth's, uh, you know, psychic or whatever. But uh, all of these, uh, you know, a lot of these guys. Tony Blair had a, a, a psychic that used to supposedly keep his toenail clippings and use those to read the tea leaves. Ronald Reagan uh, was famous for for using a psychic. Uh, a lot of these people. I mean, the CIA is filled with people that truly are occultists and do believe in the power of uh, occult practices. So on, on one level, I'm sure a lot of them look at Scientology and are like, well, that's, that's kind of along the same lines of what I'm thinking of. Um, so why not? Let's see if it works. You know, uh, whatever. If, if, if Jack Parsons needs to uh, have some sort of sex magic ritual to get this rocket off the ground, then sure, okay. Uh, you know, it, it'll probably make a better rocket, so, so whatever. Um, and then on, a, that- on another level... I think it's also. That's actually, I was going to say it, that's actually what it what it really would take to get a real rocket off the ground would actually be a sex <laughs> ritual. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, no, um, um, real quick, let me let me point something out too because you you brought up how uh, earlier you brought up how uh, Hubbard was a um, was into hypnotism. And I think I remember something about him having some sort of connection to George Estabrooks. Um, 
Sounds who was the uh, he he was the uh, MK Ultra hypnotist doctor? I think yeah. he wrote a book. He wrote a book on hypnotism, like from the '30s, and I, it's something like um, like Hubbard had that book and like was obsessed with that book yes, or something like that. that. Is, yes, yes, that is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that makes sense because mm-hmm. Esther Brooks is. This is this is actually interesting. The way I lear- even learned about George Estabrooks was um, was that book from the '60s, and it was published by Playboy. That book about you know that uh, candy, uh, like that uh, that lady who claimed to be um, mind controlled. Oh yeah, Candy Jones. Candy Jones. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, that that whole that whole book about Candy Jones is like the whole first part of that book is all about George Estabrook's uh, mm-hmm. research into hypnotism. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Hubbard did have that. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's presumably where he learned uh, some of these things. Um, well, to kind of, I mean, bring bring some of that kind of uh, full circle magic, hypnotism, CIA. Uh, one of the big, one of the sort of big markers for me, at least in terms of of uh, exploring the CIA and Scientology, uh, you can't help but uh, look to the uh, to two very prominent Scientologists. Uh, I believe at the time they were like OT7, which was as high as you could get at that time uh, in the 70s, Ingo Swan and Harold Puthoff. And both of them were part of the, the Stargate project. They were part, they were running all sorts of psychic research, remote viewing, and stuff out of the Stanford Research Institute in California. And uh, their experiments uh, got the CIA very interested. And the CIA gave them uh, a ton of money uh, and funding to continue work into psychic warfare. And uh, they were very famous for um, working with Yuri Geller the uh, Israeli magician slash uh, intelligence operative who is, um, I mean, I'm sure your listeners know about Yuri Geller. He's a, a, a fascinating weirdo. Um, but yeah, hey, I mean... Man. What do you got against spoon bending? <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Um, but, um, and of course, Yuri Geller was uh, um, one of his mentors. Um, oh, God, what is his name? He wrote this, all these, these strange books about uh, you know, psychedelics and, and occultism and, and hypnotism. He was a big MK Ultra um, guy. I'll, I'm going to try and find his name because uh, he's another guy to just look at. But uh, but here we go again. So um, the CIA is giving Ingo Swan and Harold Putoff a ton of money to run remote viewing and other sorts of exercises and tests out of the Stanford Research Institute in the 1970s. Okay. Now this is at the roughly around the same time that Operation Snow White is going on, and this was a huge operation that Scientology was running, um, which was basically, uh, you know, this sort of infiltration operation and sabotage that Scientology had against, you know, everybody. Uh, at one, you know, in the 70s, at the sort of peak of Operation Snow White, and this again was this was done at Hubbard's behest because. Uh, You know, it was getting very uh, difficult for him to operate. He, you know, famously he was at sea for much of uh, Scientology, you know, his his time uh, at the head of Scientology was spent uh, on the high seas basically because it was dangerous for him to go anywhere. Uh, And it got so bad, you know, the government started cracking down on him all over, um, uh, famously in Morocco. 
he uh, he Hubbard actually tried to quote secure Morocco, um, and they actually a bunch of Scientologists got very close to certain levels of the military, and um, one of the coups against King Hassan II. Um, was led by a military commander, and uh, they were actually this military uh, general uh, Ulfiker. Um, he was actually using Scientologists uh, in uh, like interrogation um, settings, uh, and then eventually Morocco to this day is actually banned Scientology because of the connection uh, going back to the coup with certain Scientologists. Um, but anyway, uh, because of that and other things, Scientology got this really bad name, and it became increasingly difficult for them to go anywhere, and Hubbard was constantly afraid of getting arrested, mostly for tax evasion. Um, so he implemented Operation Snow White, and there were lots of different names. Snow White was the one uh, that was specifically based in the U.S., but Hubbard had agents infiltrate, uh, and I'll just give you sort of a short rundown, the IRS, the Justice Department, Treasury, Labor, the Federal Trade Commission, the DEA, foreign embassies, the American Psychiatric Association, the Better Business Bureau, the St. Petersburg Times, um, which is, uh, I think at the time it was the Tampa Bay Times, the Washington Post, uh, a whole bunch of other uh, federal buildings and businesses as well. Uh, and they were infiltrating, they were stealing information, they were sabotaging things, they were wiretapping. And this was fairly well known to the FBI. And of course, um, it sort of culminated in this huge uh, raid by FBI agents on Scientology's headquarters in L.A. Uh, and Mary Sue Hubbard, Hubbard's wife, um, you know, was famously arrested. Uh, when she came out, Hubbard basically told her to keep her mouth shut and basically put her, you know, in a prison somewhere uh, or under house arrest. She couldn't leave. She couldn't speak to anybody. So this is going on. Scientology is the largest... Yeah, so when those guys, so we, when they infiltrated all of those, um, like the IRS, when they inf infiltrated all of those institutions, mm -hmm. they actually were in there with uh, all of, all of the communist infiltrators, the uh, <laughs> Zionist infiltrators, the Jesuit infiltrators. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah, just one they, list. It was, it was all. They were all. Inf they were infiltrating all of the other infiltrators. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding around. No, but, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, look at it this way. They're infiltrating all these groups, right? Um, and the CIA has to know about this, you know what I mean? You know, of course, nowhere on this list of infiltrations is at the CIA. But the CIA is then willing to give a ton of money to two very vocal, prominent Scientologists out in Stanford to run psychological, you know, psychic warfare operations. So, again... This sort of leads me to this um, uh, th this kind of uh, tacit agreement between the CIA and Scientology. That the CIA, on some level, was protecting Scientology. Uh, that they, right. or that they were at least fine with working with them in the 70s when they're infiltrating, you know, everybody, right? Um, but. Uh, there, there must, you know, they had to have some sort of protector. And then again, I mean, in in '93 when the the IRS ruling goes through, I mean, again, who is really, you know, uh, so the only, uh, you know, people talk about, and rightly so, how powerful the IRS is, right? No one can can go up against the IRS except for this relatively small cult in Hollywood. Uh, that just doesn't really jive with me. There had to be some sort of um, 
you know, someone coming down and basically saying this is going to happen now. Uh, and, and also, uh, you know, the IRS gave Scientology way, way more uh, latitude than any other religion. Um, you know, it granted their, their schools are tax exempt. Uh, 80% of individual auditing by members is tax deductible. Uh, two of Scientology's publishing houses, one of which is just uh, just does commercial fiction, just Hubbard's science fiction writing, like you know Battlefield Earth. That's tax exempt. The church also gained uh, the power to extend tax exemption to future branches, including in foreign countries. And the IRS actually sent out letters to foreign countries saying, you know, you should they're tax exempt. You know, respect that. So this well, is you know goes beyond. That, that probably makes it. That probably makes it a little confusing when the IRS is trying to do an audit and the Scientologists are doing an audit at the same time. Mm. Oh, and, and it just and then there's this whole this whole silly this whole silly line, you know that uh, oh the, the, you know they were framing all these IRS agents they had dirt on them. I, I just don't buy that really. I don't actually think uh, you know. And then it's like if that's true. Then you know as you were saying before. Forget about the the communists, the the Jesuits, and the Zionists. Scientology would be above all of them. You know what I mean? They would be more power. They would really be the the sort of puppet masters, you know, controlling the reptilians. Well, the story is hey, in the. I, uh, I didn't okay. see any John Birch Society books written on the sci- on Scientology. Are there? <laughs> no, I said I said I didn't see any John Birch Society oh. books written about Scientology. <laughs> no, right, no, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. I, I, yeah, that I was just going to bring up in that documentary uh, that that uh, the one that just recently came out on HBO. Mm-hmm. Going clear, going clear. They yeah, so they're telling the story about how yeah Scientology just um, started opening up all these lawsuits against the IRS and, and, and basically forced their hand and there was nothing they could do and then they had to um, grant Scientology its, its tax-exempt status because it, it was going to overwhelm them with cases and create all kinds of problems for the IRS if they didn't and I, I, I thought to myself when I heard that, that, that is so absurd I mean, yeah, that's exactly. yeah. I mean, they could just blanketly dismiss all their, um, you know, whatever. You know, when you when you when you're taking an action like that and stuff like that, they 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 can option to just dis, just categorically dismiss whatever you submit mm-hmm. to the courts. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, I know the IRS can't tell a federal, you know, court judge just to dismiss it out of turn. Um, yeah, that was that was. Uh, I think uh, going clear with overall was a, a great. Uh, movie. The book is, is also very good. It is an overview. You know, I mean, you're not going to get all the detail. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. One of my main problems um, with the, the, the film, and there really weren't a lot, was that they sort of just kind of glossed over the IRS. Again, I mean, you're, you're figuring this is after the largest federal infiltration from a, an outside group. You know, infiltrating the federal government. No one has ever gone as far as Scientology, at least that we know of. 
so this group that infiltrates every you know branch of the federal government as well as private businesses, medical associations, all of this sort of stuff, all of the crazy rumors going on, you know, the, the, the CIA rumors, all these other things. And then in 1993, the IRS is like, oh, damn, and they're going to sue us? Well, let's just give them the craziest tax-exempt status of all time. Um, it just doesn't really work like that unless they had some sort of guardian angel uh, basically kind of shepherding them into into this moment. Right, and... Another connection that we haven't even brought up, which I'm surprised I, I haven't even thought about it, and I'm surprised all of us haven't even thought about, it, is that these all of Scientology and you know all of those institutions are all based off of Freemasonic rituals. Sure. Um, and so yeah, the uh, yeah I think we know who the real guardian angel over it all was. <laughs> uh, but um, gentlemen, I am going to leave you. Uh, I just wanted to bring up one thing. Chris, you just sent me that article about uh, Jeremy Blake and Teresa Duncan, and I totally forgot about them being connected to the Washington, D.C. punk scene. Yeah, I to- yeah. I totally forgot about that, uh, that they that they were uh, hanging out with Nation of Ulysses and Fugazi and all of those bands that mm. have, have intelligence connections themselves. Um which we've, uh, Chris, I don't know if you've ever heard that, Pierce, of me and Chris and uh, another guy, Mark Stalin, going over uh, how the Washington, D.C. punk scene is full of spooks. No, I, I, think you, I think you sent that to me, and I had it bookmarked on my uh, browser somewhere. I know I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Henry Rollins and, all, you know, the guys from Fugazi, they, they all have very, and, and other bands, like, you know, even Dave Grohl and mm-hmm. things like that. They're, oh, yeah. they're all they all all have very strange connections all back to Washington D.C. and mm. uh, all of their parents like work for the State Department or the Washington Post or the Naval mm. Intelligence. It's 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 like a Little Canyon East or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Huh. But uh, yeah, I forgot that those people who allegedly committed suicide and. Um, we're involved with Scientology. We're connected with the Washington D.C. punk scene as well. But um, all right, guys, I am going to uh, exit, and I will listen on the flip side. Pierce, it's always good talking to you. And uh, absolutely, I uh, we'll, we'll definitely do it again in the future. And uh, Chris, I I will talk to you later. <laughs> all right, dude. All right, talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right, bye bye. And then, uh, well, okay, where did where did you leave off there? You were talking about um, the well, oh yeah, the, I mean, I guess the, the IRS stuff is is crazy. Um, uh, well, yeah, I guess just as and I'll say this is sort of my my general take on this is that I I th- while there are lots of connections, I think the CIA in many ways might have kind of taken a back seat to Scientology in terms of really um, being directly involved. Now, again, the, the, you know, the first thing to kind of keep in mind is that um, intelligence agencies all over the world love cults. This is just a fact. 
Um, you know, Jim Jones and the People's Temple, obviously, was a definitely, I think, from the very beginning, was a, a CIA operation of sorts. Um, you know, the CIA has used the uh, the Moonies, the Unification Church, over and over again, um, as, as has the Korean CIA, their intelligence uh, service. Uh, right now, the uh, you know the MEK is actually having their uh, Scientology moment, their you know Scientology's IRS type moment. Uh, now the MEK. Uh, the Iranian terrorist group, the uh, Mujahideen Kolk, has been uh, delisted as a terrorist group. Uh, so now they can go out and uh, you know continue blowing up uh, Iranian nuclear scientists and, and doing a whole bunch of other craziness. Hmm. Uh, so you know intelligence agencies love cults. So uh, and again, as I said, I mean uh, when they they were totally willing to let these these cult members uh, run psych, you know uh, psychic research. Um, and, and again, there's a couple other little moments, but I think the CIA is much more, if they are involved in Scientology, um, Hubbard would not be the kind of person to get in bed with the CIA. I do actually believe that. I think he really truly was paranoid that the CIA was after him. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but Hubbard is not, was so, especially, um, you know, into the sort of 70s and 80s, he was completely, um, like a lot of um, cult leaders, uh, became so insular, you know, was so sort of closed off from the outside world. You know, Hubbard famously never, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't even use communications, you know, uh, it would have to be word of mouth, you know, someone would come and he would say something and then they would go tell someone else and blah, 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 you know, sort of that nature. Um, he was so paranoid, I don't think the CIA could have gotten close to him. Now, if the CIA was going to get close with somebody, uh, David Miscavige, the current uh, COB chairman of the board uh, would be that kind of person. I mean, Miscavige has no scruples at all. Um, he really only cares about you know uh, his own power uh, and uh, his you know strange uh, budding romance with Tom Cruise. That's about all he really cares about. Uh, and I think Miscavige is the kind of person who would be much more um, willing to sort of get into some sort of open relationship. And as I said, I mean, then we 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 get in 1993 this crazy uh, IRS. Um, uh, you know, uh, pronouncement coming in. Uh, and then again, um, you know, not that these are necessarily related per se, but, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, um, you know, a few years after 1993, we get the CIA going to Hollywood, of course. Um, and there's, I mean, numerous Scientologists in um, Holly, you know, CIA uh, Hollywood productions. So obviously, I mean, we, we get that whole sort of arena. Obviously, Tom Cruise is in, you know, a whole bunch of CIA movies like Mission Impossible. But uh, we see a lot of other uh, Scientologists popping up here and there. Uh, Will Smith, Jason Lee, um, uh, of course, both in um, uh, Enemy of the State, another big uh, CIA movie. But, um, you know, and then I think basically the CIA kind of views Scientology uh, as, as a useful ally at times. And I'll point to another interesting sort of deep, uh, another huge deep state event that ties Scientology uh, into this. And I'm sure you're, you're familiar with uh, Henry Vinson, who was a, a DC madam who ran, um, you know, famously had this um, huge um, gay prostitution ring that he was running in DC. Uh, that uh, this was the whole, you know, the the um, you know. Uh, Escorts and stuff, you know, wandering around the White House. This got uh, a whole bunch of people in deeply involved in this, um, like in the Reagan and, and Bush administration. 
Yeah, with the uh, whole Franklin cover-up thing. That's yeah, exactly. The whole Franklin cover-up ties directly into, you know, I, and let me just say, Henry Vinson was in no way uh, involved in trafficking little boys, and he, and that's essentially one of the reasons that the CIA went after him was because he was unwilling uh, to provide uh, young boys. But a lot of the, you know, um, people involved in, in the whole Franklin scandal knew Henry Vinson and used him. There were a bunch of different um, CIA assets that were using Henry Vinson's um, escorts at, at these big parties, you know, filled with cocaine and other things and filming, um, you know, mostly prominent conservative um, uh, congressmen and senators. Um, but uh, that whole scandal, of course, erupts. Uh, oddly enough, uh, it's the Washington Times that breaks the story, and who owns the Washington Times is the Unification Church, another prominent CIA cult. So, you know, um, who knows, you know, who, whose toes got stepped on that the, you know, the Unification Church decided to do that. But anyway, that whole thing erupts. It's massive. Henry Vinson is suddenly looking for a lawyer, anyone that will defend him and who pops up out of nowhere is Greta Van Susteren who of course is, is now on Fox News and again is also a very prominent Scientologist and uh, Henry Vinson actually uh, talked on an interview on uh, BoilingFrogsPost.com which is uh, another website that I, I actually work for um, in an interview with Peter B. Collins he talked about how Greta Van Susteren uh, you know, wanted him to go clear and he actually had to undergo auditing, and he took all these classes, and, and Greta kept telling him, oh, this is going to be, this is good, this is going to help you. And basically, uh, the way that Henry Vinson describes it, uh, it got to a, you know, he thought that Greta Van Susteren was really great because she was, you know, filing all these different motions, she was getting information, and then basically all, you know, she sort of just stops doing all of this, and then essentially makes a deal with the government that puts Henry Vinson in jail. Um, so, you know, now are these directly uh, related? I'm not sure, but I, again, I find it really interesting that a Scientologist just pops up uh, during this, you know, complete CIA-run operation, uh, and essentially sells him out to the government. And furthermore, given uh, Scientology's rather barbaric, uh, barbaric stance on uh, homosexuality, it makes next to no sense that Greta Van Susteren would even get, uh, you know, would associate with Henry Vinson, um, let alone defend him, unless this was, you know, someone asked her to do this. And then, of course, uh, after this, Greta Van Susteren's career takes off. She's on CNN. Now she's on Fox. Um, very high level and uh, is is still a, a pretty big Scientologist. Um, but you know, so there, there's another sort of interesting thing. Um, and I think I think Chris, last time we talked, I think we mentioned um, that uh, the, the the firm Hill and Knowlton, which mm -hmm. they, they they you know were behind the whole Gulf War incubator story. Right, um, yeah. uh, Miscavige actually uh, hired Hill and Nolan at one point to rehabilitate the image of Scientology. Um, so just another weird one. Uh, and again, I mean, what is you know this sort of uh, well-known you know PR firm doing representing this, this very powerful cult? Um, so uh, you know all of those things. And again, there, there's more. I think there's a lot more complexity to all of this, and there's a lot more minutia. And uh, but the real thing is, there's not a ton of information out there 
you know, really getting into this. Uh, I'll say this, you know, everyone kind of points to Fletcher Prouty, who claimed that uh, Hubbard was some sort of sheep-dipped agent. And uh, I don't really buy much of what Fletcher Prouty says. I think he, uh, in many ways, um, was probably put out there as some sort of uh, early disinfo agent. Um, Yeah. Uh, you know, I just don't really buy much of what he says. And again, I find it really funny. You know, I've I've, I've criticized Fletcher Prouty before in, in terms of JFK research uh, and how you know he was maybe you know kind of feeding things and sort of uh, you know acting as some sort of gatekeeper. And people will flip out. You know, the, oh, how could you? You know, you don't understand what's going on. So you know, after Fletcher Prouty, uh, you know, it, you know, Mister X himself is some sort of high level intelligence deep state operative right he leaves tells the world oh you know oh blah 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 here's the truth about jfk everyone loves him what does he do after that as if you would even trust a cia man you know what i mean but after that what does he do he pops up as a consultant for scientology and it is oh is that uh, right yes oh yeah 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 and he you know (laughs) totally you know admits it oh yeah yeah he loves scientology um and he's the one who's telling us oh hubbard is a 100 percent sheep dipped agent this is all you know mk ultra cia kind of stuff so you have to kind of wonder exactly i think it's crazy from everything that we can kind of tell from hubbard um, he was not very high up in naval intelligence. Mo- most of his record is completely fabricated. You know, he was basically sick a lot of the time uh, and, you know, faked illnesses, you know, bombing, I don't know, UFOs off the coast of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, w- w- was the CIA or OSS like, oh, this guy is perfect, you know, form this cult in Hollywood? I just don't really buy that. Um, but again, uh, there is, there are certain gaps in Hubbard's life that are really interesting, and I think he floated in those circles, and that maybe later, you know, this was sort of fostered along. Again, the CIA was fine with working with them while they're infiltrating groups, but um, there's a um, a blogger and a researcher uh, that I uh, I'm sure you would really get a lot out of. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Um, he goes by A. Nolan. He runs a, a website a and he um, does quite a lot of uh, research into um, uh, culture creation, Hollywood. He actually talks a lot about Playboy uh, and all of the CIA connections that that Playboy magazine has. Um, and he writes these really great in-depth articles. But um, he he's also talked quite a bit about. Um, uh, Alistair Crowley, um, Kenneth Anger, um, who you know made Marjorie Cameron into what she was, uh, and he kind of he describes Scientology as the psyop that got away, and I, I find that that's an interesting take on on what Scientology might be, and that you know it, it I think that if anything the CIA was sort of massaging Scientology and kind of letting it do what it wanted to do, and in exchange. When the CIA needs Scientology, they're willing to work with them. Um, and again, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, they're all over Hollywood. Uh, there's lots of other prominent uh, people that are associated with Scientology, you know, the music industry. Uh, there, there are reasons to get in bed with Scientology. Uh, and also, I mean, presumably, I mean, Scientology has got a lot of dirt on a lot of people. Um, so who wouldn't love that? You know, I mean, the CIA loves that kind of stuff. Um, right. And again, I mean, they're they're a huge um, recruiting ground. You know, I mean, you can 
uh, that's why again intelligence agencies love cults because these are these are people that are brainwashed they're pliable and you know it's not of that far fetched to you know if the CIA wanted to have someone do something that they would go and get you know some Scientologist tell him do you have somebody yeah sure I'll audit him for X amount of hours he'll he'll do whatever I tell him to do so you know um there's that sort of that that sort of angle to it, and then I think um, the other angle that's really interesting to get into is Scientology's relation with the alt media and the alt alternative community as a whole. Scientology is actually quite ingrained in that, and I, I actually see that as being one of the major reasons that the CIA uh, might you know kind of get in bed with Scientology. Um, you know, we, we can get into that in a, a number of different uh, examples. Yeah, I know that Alex Jones has regular Scientologists on his program, and uh, so yeah, there's there's a connection there. Um, there's uh, yeah, I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't know a whole lot about any other type direct connections to the al alternative media, but I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure there's there the, are. Have you the uh, Citizens Commission on Human Rights? I don't know if you've ever seen that. That gets um... yeah. I've actually looked at actually ordered um, one of their DVDs talking about the psychiatric industry, which which it there is a lot of good truthful information yes. on how psychiatry is run coming yeah. out of that organization. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. That's a Scientology organization. Totally, yeah, it's, it's Scientology. Yeah. yeah. No, I've actually, I've actually used uh, some of their figures. Um, they do talk about like um, the you know relationship between uh, psychotropic drugs like Prozac or Zoloft um, and school shootings. Um, they've actually done quite a lot of, of research on that. That is good, but again, it's completely controlled by Scientology. Um, and, you know, I'll say this, and this is, I think, why, uh, again, the alternative community has always been a sort of breeding ground or, or recruitment ground for cults. Um, you know, I mean, there's a ton of, you know, people like Stefan Molyneux, basically Free Domain Radio is without a doubt a cult, uh, and he runs it as such. Um, but, you know, you get a lot of the New Age movement in the alternative community that, that is very susceptible to cult-like uh, groups and behavior. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Scientology's overall stance on, psych on psychiatry is not that crazy. You know, there's sort of a general thing is that it's, A, it's about profit, which it totally is nowadays. Mm -hmm. It, social control, which again is not crazy whatsoever. Uh, they are concerned about children being doped up on pharmaceuticals, um, you know, obvious. Um, and, you know, they also kind of play into the idea of psychiatry being used as some sort of, uh, you know, in terms of world government, which is also not that off the mark, you know? I mean, if you if you were going to implement some sort of world government, psychiatry would be wonderful to use. Um, so, you know, I think that's how a lot of people in the alt community kind of uh, might approach. Like, for a while, I didn't know that CCHR was uh, associated with Scientology. You know, it just came up, you know, I'd be on, like, my Twitter feed. You know, there would be some sort of school shooting, and then, you know, there would be some document from the, the CCHR being like, you know, look at the correlation or relationship between all these things. Um and I think that that kind of normalizes Scientology to a degree to people in the alt community. Um, there's also another, um, you know, there's a, uh, the alt community in general is also talks a lot about cults. 
and um, there was the Occult Awareness Network, CAN, um, which was, um, you know, I know people have different opinions of CAN. I think overall, um, you know, some people don't like, like Steve Hassan um, was uh, works for CAN. Some people don't like him. I, I think he actually does quite a lot of, of really, you know, great work, and, and he's helped a lot of people get out of cults. Um, but uh, CAN was went after Scientology for a while, and, uh, and and this is a great example of the, you know, we were talking before, the IRS afraid of lawsuits. So in 1996, CAN went completely bankrupt because of 50-plus lawsuits by Scientology. Um, they completely destroyed CAN. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it basically, uh, it was so bad that they had to auction off, you know, CAN, right? So what happened, Scientology actually bought the church, and now it's been wow. renamed New Can, and it's still about cults. They still, um, you know, uh, you know, write about cults. For instance, a lot of people um, doing research into Jim Jones uh, or other cult things cite Freedom Magazine quite a bit. Freedom Magazine is sci- one of Scientology's premier publications. Now, it's mm-hmm. true they've done stuff into Jim Jones and, and pointing it as some sort of CIA thing. But again, if this is being run by Scientology, what does that say about whatever they're saying? Um, but yeah, the new can actually promotes Scientology and basically you know, promotes the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Um, sometimes they go by the, the Foundation for Religious Freedom. And, and that's sort of their thing. You know, they, 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 they kind of criticize cults, but they, they you know, obviously play up Scientology. But again, uh, I don't know how many people are actually aware of the fact that can is controlled by a cult. Um, and then again, I mean, Scientology is also uh, some, you know, it has spoken out about vaccines. Again, I know that's a sort of divisive issue. I think that the, the, the vaccine thing uh, is uh, something that needs to actually be looked at. I think there's, you know, children are getting vaccines at way too young an age. Um, and there's just, uh, you know, on its face value, I know it sounds very like, or I'm sure... Chris, this is not crazy to you necessarily, but, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, my friends are something that I'll bring up the whole vaccine thing and they'll shout you down and it's sort of like, right, but how is injecting, you know, a newborn baby with, a, you know, hepatitis C vaccine and mercury and all these other things, how is that good? Um, but just recently, um, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Robert Kennedy's junior, RFK's son, who's also a very outspoken critic of vaccines, um, was actually at a conference talking about it. Uh, on one side, he has a Scientologist uh, representative talking about the dangers of vaccines, and on the other side, uh, a member of the Nation of Islam, which is also extremely close to Scientology. And um, anyone that doesn't know, the Nation of Islam is uh, the only group outside of Scientology that is allowed to practice auditing. Uh, but again... Oh. We get, you know, this confluence of bizarre cults and the alternative media, and I think, and the alternative community as a whole, and that's really useful. A, in discrediting people, you know, it's sort of like, oh, you, you think that vaccines are evil, you're a Scientologist, you know, what are you, like one of them? Um, and also I think it uh, leads people down that path, and I think with the advent of uh, going clear and the spotlight being turned onto Miscavige and the cult, we might see 
uh, Scientology kind of going from being a mainstream group into more of an alternative group. And I think that this, this sort of stuff like going, you know, having a conference with Robert Kennedy, that's part of this. So, you know, watch out because I think they're going to be uh, getting more and more involved in the alternative community because the mainstream is now being cut off to them. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. I mean, you latch on to these issues yeah. and then, um, yeah, have your Scientology agents go out and, you know, do interviews on Alex Jones, other alternative media outlets and all that. And then, uh, yeah, just um, and put out good information. Uh, it's like the information, yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree with a lot of the stuff that's being put out, but that's, you know, I think that's how this stuff works, is you, you put out accurate information that's, uh, in a, in a good bulk of it is, is true. And then uh, on one level, you can uh, discredit it because, um, let's say, somebody's trying to, uh, you know, point out some criticisms about the, you know, the psychiatry, and they're going to use materials from the CCHR, and then it's, oh, well, you know, that's Scientology. Did you know that? And that's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it, it just, it, so on one hand, it discredits it, and then, you know, they can ingratiate themselves into the uh, alternative media and and all of that. So, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see the strategy, or at least part of it, uh, from that standpoint, yeah, no, and it, and, it, and like I said, I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna start getting deeper into that whole thing. Um, oh yeah, just because again, the the alternative community it can be very susceptible to cult. I mean, there's just so much cult like behavior, um, you know, be it around media icons like Alex Jones or or as I said, Stefan Molyneux, people like that. Uh, and there's also just uh, you know a lot of uh, I mean, cults uh, in and of themselves are, they're, you know, a lot of people that get into cults are just, they're looking for something else. They're looking for some sort of greater meaning in their life, or they're looking for something that's different. I mean, that's so much of the alternative community is based around that. You know, you don't, you don't want to watch CNN anymore. You know, you want to, you want to understand how the world really works. And cults, you know, sort of start uh, by kind of roping you in like that. You know, again, I mean, it's like you might get into Scientology because, oh, they're talking about the truth about psychiatry. They're, they're actually tell, you know, saying some real stuff about the dangers of vaccines. Now, little by little, that kind of gets you in until then you realize that, oh, by the way, you know, it was really Xenu who invented vaccines. You understand that, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's um, you know, they, they, they talk a lot about, like, um, when uh, when Zenu, who is this sort of evil overlord, uh, who um, uh, there's this whole thing, incident one and two. These are extremely important in Scientology, and they're important to OT level three operating Thetan three. This is uh, this is sort of when uh, Scientology gets into the more bizarre. You know, you'll yeah. you'll get into Scientology through the auditing, and oh, this is really just personality tests. We're just trying to improve your life. This is like self help. Uh, you reach OT3, and then you're given this sort of dossier where you find out that, you know, Incident 1 was when the sort of fall from grace for the Thetans. Incident 2 is when the Galactic Federation, uh, you know, uh, was basically being controlled by Xenu, who worked with psychiatrists. 
in this plot to kill all the Thetans. And he actually <laughs> gathered everyone under the false pretense of an income tax investigation. Um, so this sort of, really? you know, again, like, yeah, the science, you know, uh, is the IRS evil? Sure, 100%. Um, but... You know, Scientology saying that is one thing, but Scientology being, you know, sort of roping that into, well, Xenu loved, you know, income tax, and Xenu worked with the psychiatrist, then you're getting into a whole other level, and then suddenly, I mean, you know, at this point now you're spending all of your money to learn more about how you can, you know, uh, exercise the thetans out of your body that Xenu put there, mm-hmm. um, you know, so again, it, it, they start slow, and they might start with these sort of alternative things because that makes them seem different. That makes them seem uh, like something you'd want to get into, and then of course you realize that you know, Xenu is the one that that started vaccines. Yeah, now that you've said this, it it it, it kind of uh, this would kind of dovetail into what I was what I was thinking about with this, and, I, and I've said this before on some previous calls. I kind of went into it. Um, I went into a kind of a long rambling rant on it uh, <laughs> in a couple of calls ago about uh, Scientology. Okay, and, and everybody knows that it's a cult. I mean, except, you know, except for maybe the people that are in it. You know, they yeah. they don't see it that way. And um, I think it, it's a really useful tool in understanding the in a in a larger context what people generally accept and take for granted. And and don't question is um, well I mean one of the one of the names for it is statism or uh, you know the belief that um, you know in, in the concepts of government and you know that uh, from you know any any definition I mean look I got the definition in front of me of of cult it, it says it's a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. And, um, and you know, the, the other kind of well-known definition of cult, you know, relates to, you know, it would be a relatively small group of people having a religious beliefs or practices regarded as strange by others, uh, regarded by others as strange or sinister. And um, so, you know, when you get into kind of defining terms and all that, you know, you, you, you say something like relatively small. Well, you know, if uh, you know, I'm I'm suggesting something like, oh well, the United States itself, or the concept of it, is actually a cult. Mm-hmm. That would probably be dismissed on the grounds that, well, you know, that you know that is it is you're talking about a whole entire nation of 300 you know plus million people. Well, if you're talking about in the greater context of all the people that have ever lived on the planet, you're talking about a very small you know percentage of everybody that's ever lived you know under mm-hmm. under any particular type of system or social organization uh you know it it you know as as far as the veneration and devotion that i mean that that is the very definition of what the average you know and i'm just pointing out in america because it, it is uh you know what we were you know where i guess we would uh and other people that maybe even took, you know consider themselves uh, uh, you know conspiracy researchers or uh, in the alternative camp would identify themselves as American. But you know mm-hmm. when you do that, you are you are um, 
you are a sort of well. It's it's not. It, there's a direct parallel. There's not. It, it's not even. Uh, I'm not even suggesting that it's something that's just just an, a, an analogy or analogous to this. But it, no, it it is actually a a cult. Like the 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 belief in government and the belief in the United States, mm. and you venerate the flag, and it has its own. Uh, uh, you know. Um, symbols and its own talismans and its own and you know look, look at the dollar bill it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. nothing but a piece of paper yeah and then people have attributed this you know special sanction of this one particular piece of paper that has these certain sigils and these certain uh, you know symbols on them that invoke uh, or have they all these associations and, and connotations that are built up on them from our conditioning from uh, when we were very young children, so when you're when you are born in the United States and you, and you accept all the concepts and the and the whole uh, premise of it, you are indoctrinated into a cult. Mm. And um, so when we get into discussions and we could we could we could look at a, a cult like Scientology and we can and it, and it, it is strange to us because you know we. Um, you know, could readily identify the the bizarreness of the all the uh, science fiction elements and stuff that are in there, and then mm. uh, then the and the bizarre practices and all that. But you know, if I think it is a really good tool to understand what the average person generally accepts as normal and right, but it's like actually you're, you know, and 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 myself and everybody else, you know, to one degree or another. Are cultists in, in in exactly the same way that a Scientologist would be? Now you think about a Scientologist that was born into Scientology, and they their whole entire life they were just taken for granted that all this stuff is normal, all this stuff is correct. They don't know anything else. They never had much contact or uh, association with anything that's outside the realm of uh, Scientology. So they would they would you you would understand that they would grow up with a wholly, a wholly different view altogether of what Scientology is, just for the fact that they were totally inculcated with its practices and ideologies from birth. Mm. But um, that, you know, is... It, it, and I see the existence of these cults and stuff like that, and the interest, like you were describing, of, you know, the, the CIA and all this stuff. They want... They have an affinity for cults and 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 well, the CIA itself is a cult. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. And then, I, I think what we're dealing with here is this dialectic process that you know, if if you know, you're familiar with the Hegelian dialectic and how it works on you know, uh, it, it's an alternative um, media. It's, there's a lot of um, discussion about the Hegelian dialectic sure. and, and how it relates to false flag operations and how um, you know there's the problem reaction solution mm -hmm. and then uh, the, the the thing called the government attacks itself and it creates its own in it, it, enemy to fight sure. and then it be and then it subsequently uh, it, it has this imp it has this effect of Empowering the government and making it um, a, a larger and more powerful and more entrenched in people's minds. Well, that's that's what I think. That's what I believe that these cults also have this this same sort of um, uh, function in in the dialectical process of 
you know, creating, because just remember what we were talking about, how Scientology is positioning it itself. Mm. And, and think about that in the terms of the dialectic. They, the Scientology is positioning itself as in opposition to, you know, psychopharmacology, uh, uh, vaccines, um, stuff that's typically, you know, would be um, establishment, uh, you know, authorized uh, belief systems in and of themselves. And, uh, yeah, so they, so it's, so people within that cult and then outside of it, and then there's this, you know, opposition created, this controlled opposition, because it's, you know, we, we understand that it is not something that is outside the permission and the, uh, and the overview of, uh, you know, intelligence organizations and all that. So we know that it's, it, it, on one level, it's definitely approved. Mm. But, um, yeah, you could see that how things, developments or maybe deeper understandings about psycho, human psychology and how it works and how um, people react under certain uh, situations and how, uh, you know, with all these different elements because we we are talking about something that you know uh, you know just about everything we brought up has been around for some time like hypnosis and sure, these yeah. different yeah processes for you know controlling minds mm. but Scientology is I think in, in unique in some respects but it on, on the other hand it's it's these old methods that have have been around for you know years and years and um yeah, I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is like these are like petri dishes within the larger culture, yes. and then where sort of this experimentation is going on, and then once it once it ha- has reached a certain uh, you know phase in the experimentation, then the, that could be released out into the larger culture. And then uh, it in, incorporated into you know society as a whole. Mm. Oh, I, I one hundred yeah, I agree completely. I think that's a great. I think that's another great way of looking at. You know, everyone wants to look at at Scientology uh, from this. Oh, it's an MK Ultra experiment. You know, oh, they control Hollywood. Oh, it's this. It's about that. Without taking a step back and just looking, as you were saying, broadly speaking. You know, uh, cults are great. You, you know, you were saying the sort of cult of America, uh, you know, the, the cult of government, or, or however you want to exactly categorize it. You know, that's really it is a cult, and a lot. Of, I mean, the, the cult-like behavior. Absolutely. I mean, look at you know, we were talking off air, Chris, about uh, you know the election, Hillary Clinton, and that's. I mean, it's a cult around the Clintons. You know, cult yep. around the Bushes. You know, people are. Uh, I mean, obsessed. I mean, to the point of you know, the, it will scream and beat you up and do whatever. Um, but I think a lot of a lot of these cults operate uh, as a sort of social experiment. You know, and that that might be why uh, the CIA is is uh, obviously they're involved in you know false flag terror and espionage and stealing things. They are also very much a part of, you know, it, uh, fascinated by social control. I mean, a lot of a lot of MK Ultra. obviously what gets the big sort of, um, you know, uh, the, the big sort of headlines or the, you know, the LSD stuff, which is very important to understand. Uh, but not, MKUltra wasn't just about 
um, you know, Sirhan Sirhan and creating Manchurian candidates. A lot of what they were they were getting into was how do you control a society without, say, the use of drugs. You know, I mean that that's great and all, but uh, uh, you know, how do you control society on a large scale level? Um, and, and again, that's why they use psychologists and stuff like that in MK mm-hmm. Ultra. Uh, you know, it's not about drugging up everyone. But I think again, a lot of these cults are great in in terms of figuring out how you could. Um, maybe, maybe you know, it would take a while to sort of on a mass level. But again, I, I, you know, the the numbers on on how many people are really in Scientology is, um, you know, they will tell you it's millions upon millions. It's probably a lot less. All the same, it's a fairly large group of people um, that are not all necessarily in one area. You know, you look at something like um, uh, uh, the People's Temple. You know, mm-hmm. that was, you know, Jones had to have those people in his general vicinity. Um, you know, the other, the, uh, there's a cult that um, in some ways influenced some of uh, some of the people that Hubbard was into, the uh, Sullivanian uh, I think that's how it's a uh, Sullivanian cult, which is a cult in New York City. Uh, again, they all lived in like uh, a few blocks of one another in a bunch of apartment complexes that they owned. Um, Scientology is a little bit different in that it's fairly far reaching. You know, there are Scientologists in Australia, there's Scientologists in South Africa, uh, Scientologists in England, um, you know, all over America. Uh, it's fairly wide ranging. That's interesting. And that might, you know, that's something, again, that you can kind of get all of these disparate people. And obviously, I mean, there are, you know, you know, higher ups in these different areas kind of controlling. But all the same, they don't have to all, you know, gather around Miscavige. They don't have to gather, you know, there's lots of sort of sub gurus. So, yeah, I think that mm-hmm. the cults as, a, as a, a form of social control are really interesting, and Scientology would be particularly interesting in that it's fairly widespread. You know, it, it's not that everyone – it's not that, you know, everyone has to live in L.A. or New York for Scientology to work. Um, but, I, yeah, I think the whole – the Petri dish analogy is great. I mean, you know, if you consider the idea that we're, we're all kind of in one big – and, again, I think this is uh, – people um, get a little weary, uh, you know, and um, – they uh, love talking about things like Scientology are great to talk about as a cult because it's it is really bizarre when you start getting into the sort of you know esoteric nature of what Scientology is talking about. But of course, I mean, uh, you know, you can then sort of go into I mean how Christianity is a cult, Judaism, Islam, every you know what I mean. It's uh, they, they all sort of come into the sort of cult-like uh, things. The only thing that separates them from Scientology is that they're older. But does that necessarily yeah. mean that, you know, they're any less cult-like? No, of course not. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so so it's great, you know, in that sense, too. It's kind of like Scientology and some of these other weird cults can kind of be put out as the kind of, uh, oh, yeah, that's weird. But but do stay in your own cult. And again, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you, you see a lot of this stuff. You know, the, the um, you know, a lot of the alt media here uh, comes from a more conservative background. Uh, hmm. You know, in, in you know, say in the, in the Bible Belt or something like that. There's a lot more, uh, you know, Christian conservatives that are in the alternative movement. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of the anti-cult literature, in, at least in the United States, does get put out by religious groups, which is real. I've always found, you know, so bizarre. 
So, you know, don't yeah. follow Miscavige and, and Xenu, but do follow, um, you know, this, uh, what, Jesus, this, you know, man who's just born, uh, you know, virgin, you know, immaculate conception, walks on water, uh, does all these things. You know, do follow God, this vengeful, um, you know, nasty entity that can be horrible to people. Uh, you know, that's safe. Um, and again, the same thing. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the sort of more, um, uh, you know, evangelical groups, I mean, they, they use all the same sort of cult-like practices of, you know, chanting, all those, you know, crazy videos where they're speaking in tongues. I mean, that's a deep cult practice. Um, you know, the same thing, you know, gospel music, things like that. Uh, it can become, you know, repetitive things like that and, and ritualistic stuff. It can become right. very cult-like. Um, and again, I mean, that's the dangers of all sorts of, you know, living on an ashram. Um, you know, it, it can be really dangerous. And, and uh, I think the, the thing, you know, what, what, you know, where we can maybe kind of start parsing that out is the difference between uh, a destructive cult and, a, a, say, a non-destructive cult. Um, you know, and I think there is a, there is a, a, a room to kind of uh, piece that together. You know, Scientology, um, uh, you know, the Unification Church, um, ashrams to uh, certain ashrams, definitely um, the, the Kashi Ashram in Florida. That was a, you know a destructive cult. Um, you know, I've, I've talked uh, before, like with Aaron. You know, I, I used to uh, you know be in AA. I used to be in the program. I consider that a cult, 100%. Is it destructive yeah. necessarily? I don't think so, um, but it certainly is a cult. Um, and it can, you know, consume your life. But, you know, that's where we can kind of, you know, break that down a little bit. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all the same, you know, Christianity is a pretty destructive cult in, in, in a lot of ways, as, as is, you know, all the major religions, you know, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism. Uh, they've all done destructive, horrible things uh, because of their own religion. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, Statism usually doesn't get lumped in there with that, but I think I, I think it deserves definitely deserves a position because I mean if you want to take in figures that are kind of officially put out there as far as you know how many how many millions of people have died um, in sort of um, non-religious sort of atheistic uh, centered mm. um, governmental type of social structures like, uh, you know, communist, uh, uh, or, you know, fascism. Uh, yeah, fascism in Italy and then, uh, you know, the uh, communism in China and uh, oh, sure. the, the cultural revolution in Mao and, and you know. Oh, so talk about the, a cult. The body, <laughs> yeah, the body counts is way up there, man. Yeah. And it's like, okay, they were atheistic, uh, materialistic uh, outlook on life and kind of centered around that. But, you know, one thing they have in common with the American cult and all that, they have the, the veneration for the state, the veneration for the, um, you know, the, the, the mythology. Like, we have the powdered wig man that we love, and, you yeah. know, they magically <laughs> somehow have the ability to, like, scribble some shit on parchment paper, and it becomes, like, yeah. the law of the land forever for some reason, you know. Uh, but, that okay, that's the ex precise definition of cult, like, this this sort of uh, religious veneration for a particular uh, individual or object. There's always a holy yeah. book. 
Yeah, there's a holy book. So we have our our holy parchment with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and then um, that's one thing about the alternative media is like you never hear that it properly identified as um, in a a cult belief type of. Uh, it, it's never called into question. It's almost like mm. it's this sort of a jumping off point for everything else. It's like well, and then this sort of. It's an abstraction. It's not anything that's solid, other than it lives in people's minds as if there was some period in time that we can go back to where this thing called the Constitution was actually applied, and we need to kind of roll back the clock to that point somehow or another by you know really getting there and voting, you know, with all our might to make it happen or something like that. That 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 is the implied sort of goal like uh you know certainly of an alex jones or somebody like that it's almost like but it's never called into question the cult of the powdered wig men or the 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 and and their you know sacrosanct parchment and um you know it even you know you'll hear like people like sam harris and richard dawkins and these you know they're supposed to be like rationalists and here's (laughs) yeah this belief in like scientism, like science oh, yeah. is the answer to everything. It's, it's it's you know scientific method can you know answer any question about anything. And those people, you will you will never hear them utter any kind of inclination of doubt whatsoever in um, the acceptance of uh, statism. Yet, where is the evidence that can be pointed to that would establish that? Somebody, these people that we identify in our minds as government, so they'll you, you can identify them in their you know particular monkey suits and whatever. Mm-hmm. That oh yeah, that's a government agent or that's a, a, pol- a policy enforcer, police officer, law enforcement or whatever. Um, they have this special sanction to do things that in any any other context would be considered immoral, criminal, and corrupt. You know, sure. they can lock people into prison, take them away from their families for years on end for uh, for possessing something that grows out of the ground, a plant. And oh, yeah. they do it all day, every day. Yeah. Mm. And it's like nobody, everybody accepts it, and it's natural and normal and correct, but it's actually the most absurd, ridiculous, corrupt, unjust behavior, but it, it has this official, official sanction, and it's it's... This um, you talk about a destructive cult. It's my God. It's probably the most destructive uh, uh, ideology in existence right now. Is this cult of the state and belief in the power of the state? It, how many lives do they ruin every day and absolutely, utterly destroy for just nonsense and bullshit and mm-hmm. stuff? You know, nonviolent, peaceful people that have their lives just utterly destroyed on a on a just day to day basis, and everybody just accepts it. Because they're cultists, they mm-hmm. they don't see that they are cultists, and you know, even the alternative media, Alice Jones and stuff like, never ever would even broach that subject or suggest make any kind of suggestion in that way, which is which is very interesting. Yeah, or or you know what? The, the, I mean, you'll sometimes hear them refer to government as a religion, you know, but it is a religion. In, oh in, yeah, in yeah, but respects, I mean, you know, yeah. you'll never hear them say cult. Uh, you know, and it's sort of like, okay, but like, why not? You know what I mean? Uh, and I think a lot of that is just that, uh, you know, they, they're trying to get a lot of religious people to believe in their, you know, sort of, uh, whatever 
view of of the world. Uh, so they're never going to use the word cult. You know, the, the c word is just ooh, no, 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 don't don't go there, or you're going to sound crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's uh, easy to call Scientology a cult because exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that you know, again, and that that that's that's um, you know one of the roles that that uh, you know the more sort of out there cults can play as the sort of examples. You know, oh yeah, yeah, right. that's a cult. You know, but my religion is not. No, 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 no. You know, but you, you should listen to me. Or in exactly the same way, how oh Nazi Germany. There's a fascist. There's a totalitarian system. If you want an example of it, or or or, or Mussolini or Stalin, or, or that's fascism. That's what it looks like. But I mean, we are just neck deep in fascism here. Yeah. But we don't identify it as such. It's it's. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. By no, definition, right, right. it's not strange because by definition, in the definition of cult, it's something that's strange or bizarre, or kind of off the wall. But that isn't that a very relative term? Yeah. No. Exactly. Strange oh, to I mean, who? Yeah. 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 No, no. People will talk about yeah, yeah, Nazi Germany, but they they, they don't they don't seem to you know have any problem right. with the, the the corporate power structure here. You know the way that it's basically working hand in hand with the government. Uh, you know to the point where it's like almost what's the difference between the two of them? Um, and, and that's fascism in, in so many ways. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean the, the the whole the whole you know like. Yeah, naming certain things. Again, I mean, people are so, you know, I, I watched, uh, you know, I, 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 I've talked about going clear with people are, you know, just have seen the movie and they're, they're, oh, my God, I didn't know Scientology, you know, and it's like, yeah, of course, you know, I mean, it's it's more than just Tom Cruise and John Travolta. There's a whole lot more deeper stuff going on here that's really, I mean, destroying families. Um uh, you, you know, but they—they they, uh, a lot of people do. They—they they feel uncomfortable about going beyond that and starting to look at their own cult-like behavior. Uh, and I think again with the alternative media, that is just point in case because, uh, yeah, they're fine with with calling this a religion. You know, government is a religion. Um, uh, but they don't—they don't, they don't want to ever admit that they—they they have the most you know dogmatic thinking. Um, you know, we, we said at the, at the very top of this, you know, with, that neither of us are, uh, we might have strong convictions and beliefs, we might disagree, but it's not this dogmatic thinking. So much of the alternative media is based on that. It's like, you know, they've seen this movie and that movie and this documentary and they read this book and that's it, you know. And if you disagree with, you know, oh, if you disagree with Anthony Sutton, you're, a, uh, you know, uh, some evil, you know, entity out there. You know, screw you. I'm going to have nothing to do with you. There's so much mm-hmm. cult-like behavior all over the alt media. Uh, you know, be it a particular book, be it a particular, oh, I mean, you know, if you if you uh, say anything and it doesn't mention the Zionists, well, then you're just some Mossad, uh, you know, disinfo agent. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You know, and it's sort of like... You gotta, you know, you gotta back, you know, it's like uh, the Zionism thing is ridiculous. It's like, so, you know, they'll, they'll go on and on about the Zionist, this, the Zionist, you know, how evil Zionism is, where it's like, you're just the opposite. You're just, your hatred of Zionism has become this religion that you base your entire life around, you know, where it's yeah. just, and then it's not just that, it's anything, you know, people will, will run, uh, really, you know, in crazy directions with a lot of that. Um with uh you know, not to not to sort of um uh you know go completely down this. I mean we you know we've been talking for a while, but you know, they'll leave out all of the Masonic stuff. Um and I get it, mm-hmm. a lot of people do take the Freemasonry to a, a more extreme level. Um but 
that in many ways is much more realistic. Uh, or, or there's a lot more Masonic influence going on than people give it credit for. Uh, but oh, they yeah, get, definitely. you know, they get so tied up in the Jesuits or Zionists or, you know, the, the Rockefellers or it's all, you know, it's, it's pick a group, you know what I mean? Um, w- while leaving aside the fact that, you know, it's like a, a sort of, um, uh, you know, overarching thing here is a lot of weird Freemasonic imagery or, or Freemasonic practices or things like that. Not to say that, you know, Freemasons are running everything, um, but, you know, there, there are these certain things. And again, it's this cult-like behavior that, that seems to just sort of propagate over and over again. Uh, and I think that's why, in a lot of ways, there's some, there's, there's some great research into cults uh, in the alternative media. But uh, a lot of times they don't uh, go quite in the direction that, I, you know, I, I necessarily want to go in. And I think a lot of that does have to do with this sort of fear of, um, you know, uh, like, again, I mean, a lot of... Uh, you know, w- when I was much more involved in the liberty movement, um, you know, I had really cult-like uh, viewpoints on things like gold and, and mm. uh, the economy and, and that sort of stuff. And we, 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 we touched on that last time we talked, Chris. But, I mean, that, A, talk about Masonic, but also the yeah. cult-like mentality that this is it. And, and if you disagree anyway with, with how I want to run, the, you know, the Federal Reserve, well, then you're evil. You're part of this sort of overarching demonic force that must be taken down. That's really cult-like. And again, I mean, Ayn Rand is ran a little cult um, that, uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of libertarians are, are still kind of, uh, I don't know, focusing on. But, uh, you know, totally cult-like behavior. What did uh, Anton LaVey say about Ayn Rand? That was interesting. I just ran across that not too long ago. He he oh, said that uh, oh, yeah, and Rand's works are just Satanism in a in a different <laughs> just put into different words. Oh sure, or, of course. I mean, yeah, to yeah. Paraphrase yeah, what he yeah. said. Oh yeah, well, I mean Satanism is all about you know the self, do what you want. I mean that's basically yeah, you know, stream uh, eagle. Yeah, that's what Ayn Rand was saying, and uh, I mean that's what uh, that's what Rourke uh, does when he um, uh, rapes what's her name? I can't. Um, oh, I shouldn't be blanking on this. I. I I do love the Fountainhead. I'll say that, um, even though it's a crazy yeah. book. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's basically the, her whole philosophy, is, which is Satanism in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely something that is in line with uh, the different kind of uh, societal transformations that we've undergone in the last, you know, several decades. With uh, oh, you know, the uh, well, that's kind of that's. That that's documented pretty well in that um, the century of the self. You watch those sure. series of films where, yeah, yeah, and that dealt a lot with cults, and mm. there was all these different cults that were springing up right around that time in this. You know, I think it was an era, kind of late sixties, seventies, and the I am um, the I am movement, those types of uh, the new age. Uh, the whole new age movement is a huge cult. Yeah, all of that was coming to prominence around that time, uh, and then you know it, it. You know, me and John talk about this a lot because we like to always kind of draw the you know kind of zoom out and look at the bigger picture of kind of like these the coordination of different um, you know industries and corporations and, and institutions and everything that how you know. Is simultaneously, like at the flip of a switch, you know, they engage this one 
um, you know, a, a program or a uh, it's, it's like running a, it's like running an app on a computer. It's like okay, we're going to launch into this, and then all of a sudden, you know, here's here's Swanson TV dinners rolling out, and here's the feminist movement rolling out, and here's the television shows uh, where it's it's, it's Taking cooking out of the home into this vicarious sort of, uh, you know, um, simulacrum of what, you know, that that would have been prior and all that mm. with, you know, cooking shows and cooking and that, mm. and, that and then, you know, how how all of this stuff just sort of oh yeah it just all appears out of nowhere, yep. and uh, just just fully coordinated in with, uh, you know, um, you know you know feminism and the breakdown of the family and 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 just perpetuating all of that to the point where you know we get to the point we are in the modern day and uh yeah so it, you know well, and then another thing i guess i could just throw in there is oh well at the same time you know in the 50s and like 50s and stuff like you know every household in the united states started being filled up with these different appliances like yeah. washing machines and dishwashers and mm-hmm. stuff that would uh, you know, and the, the whole diet pill craze. <laughs> yeah, to you got you got to you got to fill the time with something. Yeah, so that you know, women no longer see themselves. You know, they, they so that so we're then we become trained so that you know we we uh, transform we and and, and re restructure value systems so that you know woman a woman's value is no longer in the home as a you know a homemaker they've turned that into a bad word and and now uh at the same time um you know with put putting in the uh um, the role of the male as being sort of this, you know, domineering kind of oppressive, and that was like sort of encouraged in a lot of ways. The, the playboy, the mm. the philanderer, and all that stuff that was put heavily out into the culture, and at the same time, uh, and you know that that kind of predominated for a while, where this over exaggerated male dominant uh, situation, and then out of and then right in time, right out of that, you know, the the the, the whole feminist movement and stuff was was scheduled to to coincide with all these other um ha- these other events that were just simultaneously just ha- happened to be going on in society and that's uh, with uh, what's a Gloria Steinem CIA agent at the forefront right Gloria Steinem <laughs> and then she's a CIA and yeah. admitted so and then yeah you know oh yeah she loved and all that <laughs> Well, uh, Brad, oh, Brad back to, yeah. to Scientology quickly. Um, I mean, the uh, again, you know, <clears throat> uh, for, for the average, per- I mean, it, it's difficult for anyone that's in Scientology. But if you're in Sea Org, uh, this is the you know clergy. This, these are the people that are really going out there, converting people. You know, they're doing Hubbard's work. Uh, you know, there's a complete destruction of family. Children are separated for very long periods of time with no actual supervision um, from their parents. You know, their parents could be sent to uh, RPF, which is like a uh, the sort of Scientology prison. It's uh, the Rehabilitation Project Force. These are these, you know, prisons that you hear about. Um, you know, your parents could be sent to RPF for uh, years. You know, you don't get to see them. Um, maybe once or twice they'll come out just to, just to sort of, you know, reassure you it's okay, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, Scientology is all about the destruction of the family, which is, I mean, uh, right. uh, again, is it a, a clear indication that you know uh, you're in a cult? 
uh, is when the family right. structure is meaningless and you know all devotion is towards the guru or, or you know couple yeah. of whatever um, you know but totally and uh, and again yeah I mean, so they they hate all of that that kind of stuff I mean they they force women to get abortions they they, they don't want you to have a family outside of you know whatever it is you're doing for Scientology. And then look at the developments that are unfolding, you know, with the, uh, you know, extended work week. Now people are having multiple jobs and stuff like that. So uh, they're essentially, through economic means, being separated from their children. Mm. So, and then, you know, this, that serves the larger cult, the cult of the state. The cult yes, of the, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, 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 that's a great analogy there, too, yeah. Yeah. So every time you could bring up something that science is a is is a practice of Scientology that serves to um, you know enhance their power as as a cult, I I guarantee you you could find some parallel into the into the larger system that everybody just takes for granted. Of, that's the way it is, you know. Mm. No, absolutely. And again, I mean, I think that's why uh, there's not uh, you know a lot of people are afraid to research a lot of these subjects. Because they're afraid of uh, you know getting getting too deep and, and starting to question their own beliefs, um, <laughs> which is healthy. You know what I mean? It's like they, they don't want to. They like you said before. You know, it's fine to poke you know poke poke Scientology in the eye, but God forbid you 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 know poke yourself in the eye or or just take a critical view on how you live your life. Uh, and that's not just like oh if you if you're a religious person, but again as you said, I mean. The state, in many ways, is the the ultimate, uh, you know, cult. Um, and uh, uh, you know, like, like for, I mean, the state is also, I mean, it's just the, the this this entity that doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. But it but it does in so many ways. It is this all encompassing power. And and again, I mean, that's just you know great for any sort of cult like you know uh, group to to sort of operate. You need to have this sort of you know. Uh, you know, untangible sort of nebulous force out there, and that is essentially. I mean, the state is, you know, is great for that. Um, you know, yeah. the, the the sort of tagline on my website is a quote from uh, Randolph Bourne. Uh, you know, war is the health of the state, and again, you know, that sort of encapsulates that idea. The state is this entity that exists beyond, uh, you know, the sort of formal structure that you you sort of associate it with um but yeah i mean talk about a cult talk about destructive too oh yeah it's way more destructive than scientology i mean mm. you know for for if you just want to look at body count and mm. property and sure influence money yeah and and yeah money's crammed down social control social control and yeah it, it is yeah it's um so yeah, it's 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 the little cult, the little guy that you know everybody can pick on and 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 kick around and make fun of and it, and 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 then then you know they don't they don't see that they're in a much uh, uh, a larger cult or, or or it's just really a cult with more adherence. It, it's, mm. it's it's I, I wouldn't call it the cult, but it is it, it, it is becoming the cult because it's a yeah. it's it's a worldwide culture now. It's not a it's not regulated to this you know one one any particular region in the world anymore. It's this it's this global monoculture that that is um, that we're talking about too. So that's that's why it's it's kind of difficult to, dis, dis, to discuss 
these things, at least for me, to discuss these things with a, a lot of clarity because, you know, I, I, I use words like America or, the, you know, the state or something like that, but it's, it, 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 when you use those words, you're, you're kind of closing off another uh, arena that needs to be examined, which is kind of like it, it, it is really, I guess, could be better defined as simply a mindset that people get brainwashed into. Yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's just especially, you know, the, the again, the, the whole issue of the, the state or government. I mean, you're sort of born into it, you know, um, there's really no way around it for most people. I mean, obviously, you know, there are people that, you know, their, their parents sort of raised them to, to, to perhaps think differently uh, on these sort of things. But, um, yeah, it, it, it for a lot of people, there's not really a choice around that. You're kind of born into it, and you're just sort of, you know, it's it's expected that you you know you'll vote and you'll you'll pay taxes, you'll participate in all this yeah. sort of stuff. Um, you're doing and, rituals. Oh, and it's full of rituals. Practices. And again, I mean, you know, talking about America, I mean, just full of uh, rituals and uh, bizarre imagery and all yeah. sorts of, uh, you know, esoteric. Cult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely insane. But, yeah. you, you, you know, the average person doesn't see it that way. But so does, I mean, just like the uh, person that's, you know, in Scientology. They don't see it the way people on the outside see it. They can't. Yeah. They can't right, see right, it, right. you know. Yeah. Even to the point where they get up to get introduced to Zenu, <laughs> some of them say, "What the fuck? I'm out," you know. And yeah, they yeah, get yeah. out at that point. Like the like uh, the interview I was listening to with a former Scientologist, he he said that that was really when he kind of made a mental break with it. He would say, mm -hmm. "Okay, fuck this, I'm done," yeah. and he didn't get out immediately. But he said that that was his beginning of his transition out when he got it, he got filled in on the whole Zenu thing. Mm. And um, and I, I once I, I I brought that up as you know because I I I thought there was a very profound parallel between that process and what the whole um, Western world, especially is actually a global event, but 9/11, what that was to people in the cult of uh, I'll just call it the cult of civilization. That's probably a better. You know, because America is just only a, a, a franchise, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I don't believe there were planes on on 9/11 because if you look at the footage of the plane, planes don't go through buildings and come out the other side. They don't melt into buildings and make a plane-shaped hole. I, th I think that's you know uh, something that would only be uh, you know properly described as a cartoon. Uh, as far as physics are concerned, but you know, you can present that to the uh, initiates or the the cult members and the subjects, and they and they and they see that presented to them as reality, just in the way that a Scientologist gets introduced to Xenu, and it's it's like you're at this crossroads or you're at this nexus point to where you either reject it or you accept un the unreality, the brazen unreality of, of that, and you go deeper into your um, chains and mm -hmm. your subjugation to the cult. And I think that's, that's what happened collectively to people in the, this modern civilization. When they, when they 
you know, they went through the 9-11 narrative, and not only the plane going through the building and coming out the other side, which is absolutely 100% total impossibility, but, you know, and then they showed it on TV and said, oh, this is real, this is what really happened. And then, okay, an hour later, both steel structures collapse, and then, you know, uh, oh, yeah, we found the passport laying on the ground. Uh, oh, yeah, another building later on in the afternoon collapsed without any big fires. I mean, just one thing after the other after the other that just does not jive with reality and i i believe that was a a cult like uh, among other things it was a cult like initiation process that everybody's being collectively processed through in 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 a lot of the same way that you go higher up into the cult of scientology and you get you get introduced to really absurd concepts that are being presented to you as if it's like matter of fact. Like, yeah, yeah Zenu really lived seven. What is it? Have seventy-five billion years? Oh yeah, yeah, years something ago. I'm like sorry. that. Yeah, and he was a real guy, and he really flew a B-52 yes. bomber-style spaceship <laughs> yeah, to pick yeah. up the bodies and lay them on the volcano, and that really mm -hmm. happened. And in Tegiak, like, known as Earth. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to be a good American, I mean a good Scientologist, you believe in it, Xenu, and, mm. and all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, you go, you continue on, business mm. as usual. Well, I mean, just the whole, you know, the, just the, the whole idea of 9-11 as a sort of, like, occult ritual, and that, you know, then we were <clears throat> many, you know, we were initiated into this sort of cult of, you know, the war on terror suddenly... We had this, uh, you know, again, nebulous group of, of individuals that were behind this. Uh, you know, we were meant to believe a lot of fairy tales about, you know, uh, Bin Laden, let's say. You know, of course, yeah, he orchestrates this in a, in a cave with a satellite phone where he's hooked up to a <laughs> dialysis machine. He's dead. He's alive. He's reborn again. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it, and it's totally... You know, um, just just all of the events. You know, all of that sort of, uh, and then suddenly it's Al Qaeda is everywhere. You know, they're they're under your bed. I mean, you still. I yeah. mean, to this day in New York City, uh, I mean, you can't get on a train uh, without. You don't get on the subway in the city without hearing the. Uh, you know, be careful uh, if you see something, say something oh, that's not really uh, uh, someone didn't really just leave their bag behind. It's a bomb. You know, constant. Uh, just sort of again, just sort of repeating things over and over again, you know, um, and and, and uh, you know to be vigilant, um, you know, so many of these you know cults, especially Scientology, is you know it's all about sort of uh, you know ratting out your fellow members. Uh, and that's so much of, you know, the whole, if you see something, say something. Oh, oh, well, that, that, that guy looks Middle Eastern. Um, I, right, I don't really exactly. like, you know, the cut of his jib. Uh, <laughs> let me go, you know, get this cop and, and we'll, you know, we'll beat the shit out of him. We'll, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, the same thing, you know, it, it's just sort of don't trust anyone. Don't trust your family structure. Uh, you know, and again, you know, all of that sort of starting or, or at least solidifying, you know, 9-11 was the sort of, you know, the Xenu Incident 2 moment. And, uh, you know, you could kind of compare it in that sense. Um, and then, of course, you know, everything else that follows, the more ridiculous, you know, oh, now we have ISIS. And, and you know, it's, it, 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 you know, or, yeah, or who knows, more the flavor of the month. It? Exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's like there's all I mean, now it's like they, they're not even. 
trying. I mean, you know, it's just sort of, you know, you try to figure yeah. out where ISIS is coming from, and it's just like, <laughs> do, you know, who are they? Do they even exist? Um, you know, know. it's like they're figures. just phoning it in now. It's just like, it, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, oh, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, th- oh, I think ISIS is, uh, this is another podcast, but I think ISIS is some sort of placeholder. But still, it's the same idea, yeah. you know, again, and, and the further into this sort of cult of terrorism or this, you know, cult of the war on terror you get, the more outrageous the life until uh, the point where it's sort of like uh, and, and I assume that it's like this with some of the cults too is uh you know a lot of people even if they're deep into a cult there's always that that sort of element of doubt you know you can you can never totally erase that I, I don't think you know uh, you know you can you can brainwash someone to, to go and kill someone but at some point they're going to break through that you know there's always that element but you know you get along I think far enough into a cult where it doesn't matter that element of doubt no longer has the same um, you know power that it once did the same thing now I mean it's like they, they you can just you know Whatever. Uh, Anderson Cooper can just go on the news, spout out a bunch of crap about some terrorist group. And it's not even that people don't believe him. They just don't care. You know, they just sort of accept it. Yeah, that's just it. Whatever. I, I don't really want to get too deep on it. Oh, Coruscant group. That's that. That's the new one. Sure. OK. Yeah. Baghdadi. Whatever. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the, the, they're, you know, kidnapping these people in, in Syria. OK, sure. I, I don't really care anymore. Uh, you know, yeah, just lay it on me. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I'll just vote for 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 either you know uh, Clinton or Bush to save me. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's yeah. my guru, and that's it. But yeah, I, I, the the whole everything, and there's all these you know, and again, that's why they have to have some sort of ritualistic event every so often to sort of again to reiterate everything to sort of to rope all the people back in they don't want anyone to get too far outside of this sort of cult of terrorism um because you know once you once you break free free from that cult uh you start to see the world in a whole new light and uh of course they don't want that to happen so you know they 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 have some some other event some sort of uh, moment in, in time, you know. It doesn't have to be, you know, blowing up a building. It can be a speech. It can be something, you know what I mean? There can be all mm-hmm. sorts of, of different... I mean, there's this, this whole cult around Snowden, you know? Um, yeah. You know, that, that that seems to be... Now it's this, this cult of surveillance. Uh, you know, it's, it's no longer necessarily... Uh, about about terrorism, I mean it is, but it's also this sort of cult of surveillance. So you know, and all these people uh, waking up to, oh, geez, thank God, my guru Snowden is here uh, to tell me that the the government has been spying on me. When of course they've been doing this since you know forever. I can only assume. Oh yeah. Um, no, uh, you're probably thing, like me, like you were hearing about this stuff like decades ago. Where yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, right. NSA right. does you this know, and that. Nothing, and here's the yeah. documents and, and yeah. all this stuff. So right. yeah, it's been. It's, um, but again, I mean, this cult around Snowden, where you know, if you disagree with him, if you disagree with Greenwald or Scahill or Poitras, any of these people around him, the Tor Project, you know, all this sort of cult-like behavior around that, where it's just like he is this god. Do not disagree with him, uh, and if you do, you're part of the problem. So again, um, yeah, I mean, the, the sort of idea of cult or cult-like behavior really does envelop so much of society. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's just my hope that uh, you know people you know, listening to this might might question some of their own little things. You know, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say too. I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm guilty of uh, 
of you know uh, following certain people and, and and getting roped up in that and, and sort of getting stuck in the dogma. I think that's in that's human nature, um, you know. And anyone that's telling you, oh, you're you know, I'm awake, I, I don't do that, is believe me, there there's something that they're obsessed with and and following in, in some sort of you know destructive manner that they they may not even really be aware of it as being destructive. Um, but it, it is around there, and again, this is why it's important to understand cults uh, and to understand how they work in society because it it goes beyond just oh those people believe in something crazy or or even oh those people you know uh, they, you know they all committed suicide in some some gruesome way uh, because as you, you know you're saying I mean the, these these large societal cults are are creeping and they're becoming unfortunately in a lot of ways more powerful. You know, they're able to infiltrate the groups that they need to. Uh, they're able to control the narrative, and they're able to convince people, uh, or at least they've worn them down so much that it doesn't really matter anymore. People will just go along with it. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I, I think I, I might have to get going soon, Chris. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I, yeah, I really appreciate uh, you coming on here. Yeah, I just... Um, you got to go right right now, or uh, I'm just gonna. Okay, I was just gonna say one thing that uh, yeah, because a lot of stuff is coming to mind as you're talking. You know, you, you're 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 provoking a lot of a lot of a lot of thoughts and stuff. And I, because I, I was just I was thinking about you know the, we were talking about the alternative media and like let's say a figure like Alex Jones and he's sort he's sort of a cult figure in and of himself. You know, oh, yeah, and. Uh, like his 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 role, because you know people point him out as being a gatekeeper, but like how is he a gatekeeper? And uh, I I I think that one of his primary goals as a gatekeeper, and he he still maintains that to this day. He he won't deviate off of this because because it's, it's it's part of his primary function is that. So you know you're you're in the cult of the state, and uh, you know you you have your Zenu moment. And you're about to say, oh, okay, this is, and you're getting, you're packing your bags, you're saying, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, Alex Jones is there to like, yeah, yeah, you know, Zeno, yeah, yeah, we, we know, we know, no, it's, it's, it's crazy, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's, it's a fraud, it's a scam and stuff like that, but, you know, we're, I, I, you know, I need to remind you of all the, the good things, you know, or, or the, you know, about the, uh, you know, Back when you know Scientology was good for you, and you know you need, you need to not you know throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. So, mm. so he he's there to like you know reinforce this you know the, well, the founding the, fathers and the yeah the founding fathers, the Constitution, yeah. the old you know which is like where you know GCN network and everything came out of this uh, you know when the John Birch Society and all that stuff was sure. coming one hundred percent coming on board yeah and then that was uh, the CIA's um, operation that was you know uh, ostensibly to you know counter the evil communist il infiltrators and all that and then that was done primarily at, at, the, at the early days in shortwave radio and all that and then you know he, Alex Jones is, is just a continuation of that but that that is the one thing that must be uh that that's that's the sacred cow that must be carefully guarded is the you know the constitution the powdered wig man and all that other stuff it's like it that has that has to remain intact to bring you know us through this you know phase that we're going through this upgrade in the overall business plan and yeah that's that and i and i and i believe i firmly believe that that was his role? It's like okay, 
I'm going to tell you the truth. 9-11 was a scam. You know, it's just another false flag operations and a long string of false flag operations. And but I'm going to give you and I'm going to set it in the in in its proper context for you, for you to take and then work within that framework so that, you know, you'll still be voting. You'll still be participating in the system and all that stuff. But you, you do it with this particular from this particular perspective that uh, Alex Jones and his handlers and everything created for you. You know, yep. vote for Ron Paul. That'll that'll save it all. Yeah, vote you know? for Ron Paul. Vote for Rand Paul. Vote yeah, for, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, read the New American. Yeah. Read the New American. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anything like that. But as long as you stay within that particular corral, you know. Mm. And that's yeah. I think that's. Uh, I, I I think that that's a way to understand the the. Oh, the predominant so-called alternative media, the 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 mainstream alternative or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, I would love to uh, you know to come back on and, and talk all about the John Birch Society and the the whole the alternative media movement and how you know the Birch Birchers were all up in that and the CNP and I love all that stuff. So I'd, I'd love to do that too. But. Um, but uh, just again, yeah. Chris, thank, thank, thanks for having me on. I really, really do enjoy these podcasts. I don't, I don't do a lot of these like long ones like this, and it's really fun. And uh, your your listeners were great. I got a ton of traffic on my site the last time, um, and and everyone really seemed to enjoy it. And uh, and let me just yeah. um just just quickly say, um, you know, if you really want to know a lot about Scientology, um, you know, don't really take my word for it. And I would really encourage everyone to to go and and. You know, look up the information of some of the former Scientologists uh, who are really, you know, truly very brave people, braver than I ever will be, probably. Uh, and just, you know, a few Marty Rathbun, Mike Rinder, uh, Marissa Brousseau, uh, John Atack, um, you know, those are all, Mark Headley, those are all great um, people who have spoken out about Scientology and have left the church, and, and they have a lot more information than I could ever do. Uh, and of course, uh, Tony Ortega's website is fantastic, The Underground Bunker. If anyone wants to know more about Scientology and where, where I get a lot of my information, um, and of course my website, I, I talk about Scientology too, PorkinsPolicyReview.com. Yeah, PorkinsPolicyReview.com, excellent site. Yeah, excellent information, man, and a real stimulating conversation here, dude. I'm yeah. really, really digging it. And uh, yeah, definitely, man. We got got to do it again, and that would be an excellent topic too. The whole. Oh, the whole Patriot movement, John Archers, yeah. and the, mm-hmm. that, that whole thing. Yeah, that is really, I think that's something that's pretty important to kind of have a handle on, too, you know. Oh, yeah, really especially do. if you yeah. want to understand the, the alt-media movement, here in America, at least. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again, Chris. All right, Pierce, man, uh, I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, you have a good rest of the week, and... Uh, or and you know we'll keep in touch on the absolutely on the emails and all that for sure okay all right alrighty thanks a lot man
Yeah, I guess I, well, I could clip any of this off. I wonder if I should leave in where we're kind of chit-chatting at the beginning. I don't know. Do you, what do you oh, think I don't, I don't mind at all. I, I kind of like that sometimes. It's, like, fun to hear a little, you know. You could always, like, put in a little, this is, like, a bonus thing or something. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that stuff sometimes. It's, like, fun to hear, uh, you know, the what you talk about off-air or whatever. Yeah, maybe I'll just pack it onto the end of the call so it can go right into the subject and then I can yeah. put it like at the end of the call or something. Hey, hey, Pierce. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, good, man. Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Awesome. Um, yeah, I forget where you're from. Uh, New York City. Oh, yeah, right, New York yeah. City. New York, the big, big yeah. apple there. <laughs> Like, whereabouts in New York City? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. That's where I grew up. Right, 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 yeah, okay. It's all coming back to me. Yeah, Brooklyn is, um, I guess it's associated with kind of maybe the ghetto or something like that, but I've heard it's actually, there's areas of it that's really actually pretty nice now. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's like, well, it's like... Um, Hillary Clinton's uh, new campaign headquarters is uh, basically uh, around where I grew up. So, oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that gives you any indication of the uh, the money that's uh, around there. <laughs> uh, so you're voting for Hillary Clinton, then, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I I think you could count on one hand the amount of time she's like spent in New York City. You know, just the the, uh, the junior senator from New York. <laughs> yeah, and that's where she, her residency is, right? She changed her residency right before she. She yeah, her and Bill moved to uh, Chappaqua, which is um, sort of like uh, not quite upstate New York, but it's it's just outside of New York City. But uh, you know, I mean, the and then Bill had the, the his famous office in Harlem that you know he went to once or twice. But, uh, you know, you yeah, sold that's so that's she could run for president. Or, right, yeah. That's where, that's, where he gets all his, that's where he gets all his pictures taken with, with all of his books behind him. Yeah. Um, I was just reading a, an article this morning in, uh, in, in Politico, but they, uh, they finally got access to Hillary Clinton's new campaign headquarters, and uh, all of the journalists were just so surprised at the, the amount of, like, nothingness. It's like, you know, nothing up on the walls, no one has any books out, there's not a lot of files, you know. So God only knows what they're really spending that money on. Yeah, like the, like the um, you know, they're just figureheads and... Oh yeah, yeah, actors, yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah, they don't have a lot going on up, yeah. uh, uh, upstairs other than no. their own sort of uh, devious nature or whatever. Yeah. They're. I find though the the Clintons like the sort of like the Bushes are a little bit above the the fray, or a little bit you know more powerful maybe um, than some of these like jokers out there. They certainly know where some of the bodies are buried. Oh yeah, um, put a couple of them there. <laughs> So do you buy into the whole idea that uh, Clinton is actually a Rockefeller? He just... I, you know, I, I've seen some of that stuff, and it does strike me as interesting. I mean, I totally, I, I'm totally fascinated by the, um, all of the, how they're all related. You know, they're all, like, cousins, 
you know, like, like Obama's related to Cheney and he's related to George Bush and, you know, that they're all, they all go back to these, you know, original families that came over to, to the American colony. So that is just like so fucking weird and bizarre to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you you know, Jack Blood always talks about uh, Cousin Barry. <laughs> They you know, you know what's funny is the uh, um, I remember seeing Lynn Cheney on like a like a morning news program like back in two thousand eight talking about it right yeah it, it, and yeah. that that struck struck me as bizarre because it's like she's coming out right during the election and she's mm. saying oh yeah by the way my ultra neoconservative husband is related to this. <laughs> you know, so-called lefty liberal. Yeah, yeah. And so oh, they, yeah. They, they, they like they flaunt it in your face. It's funny. I, I still, I, I I'm, I'm not on board with the whole Bill Clinton's a Rockefeller, just because, just because I've seen a picture of his real dad and he looks exactly like his dad. Yeah, he does. He does for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I I know I know that he is. You know, closely tied with them. Obviously, anybody who mm. does anything in Arkansas is going to be run by the Rockefellers. <laughs> so, and Chris knows that firsthand. He used to live in Arkansas. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All the Mina <laughs> and the, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the Rockefeller, I guess, extended family live. <laughs> there's certain areas in Rockefeller, certain suburbs around uh, Little Rock and stuff where. It, really, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of Rockefellers, and uh, huh. yeah, you'll see some of these really nice houses along the uh, Arkansas River there, and yeah, um, it's. Uh, but then it seems like the, I I went through there once, and the area said where the, a lot of the Rockefellers and stuff are holed up are not that um, uh, um, you know high high end as far as houses and stuff go. I mean nice houses but not nothing uh yeah. real extravagant but mm -hmm. uh, um yeah that's well I mean that, that's well, isn't, isn't that like uh, Warren Buffett like lives in the same house he bought when he was like you know 20 or something like that Yeah like a real kind of average um yeah. sort of upper middle class kind yeah. of right house, you know what else too? you know what, you know what's interesting about all that stuff too um it's uh, it's always interesting what, what we uh, end up getting to discuss before we actually start the call. But um, but uh, there's there was a book and Chris and I have talked about this before. Um, it's called America's Secret Aristocracy, mm. and it was written in the 1980s. And it's like a mainline book. It's not like a conspiracy book, right? Sure. And it's talking about all these families that you that you'd never heard. You know, it's talking about like the Livingstons and the uh, the Chapman, right? All of these old name families that you know aren't. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not the they're not the proverbial flypaper like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers are. Right. And and it, and this guy when he's going to interview all these people, he's talking about their houses and he's saying like they all live in like. Houses that still have dot like rotary phones and <laughs> and uh, like old furniture. Yeah. And, and he's he's and he's saying he's saying stuff in there. He's saying like he's like yeah, you would not even know that these are some of the most powerful people in the world or that yeah. they used to be. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it's a it's a bizarre world, that's for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. <laughs>
Well, um, That's interesting. You want to you want to get this uh, rolling, and uh, we'll talk some uh, we'll we'll talk some e meters. Yeah, let's let's do it. Huh, okay. <laughs> I turn my e meter on. <laughs> <laughs> I got the e meter app on the, yeah. on the uh, iPad. <laughs> Good. Good. You can. Up I'll be minute, logging up all of your responses, John. Up to the up to the minute uh, up to the minute of uh, uh, on report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the Apple Watch will be even better for that. Yeah. Um, um, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, are are we ready, Chris? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.